100 episodes ago. And that'll do it. I don't know if I have closing theme music yet. If I do, uh, you will hear it soon. I might not. The plan is to have one of these up every Sunday. That's crazy. You're never going to stick to that Maybe every second Sunday. (laughs) But for now, we're going to try and do every Sunday. This retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair was turning gray I'm thinking back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is to like this So for all those things nostalgic I also do Hello and welcome to episode one hundred. Hundred. There was a fun little clip that kicked this off of a certain someone sitting to my left saying that we would never pull it off. So a (laughs) hundred weeks later, a pure spite. How does it feel to be sitting next to me? Is this why you wanted me to be on the episode just so you could rub my nose in it? Yeah, that's right. How does it feel to be wrong? A hundred times. Well, you'll never make it to 200. (laughs) Well, you all heard it, folks. Now we have to do it. (laughs) The spiting, the spite cast continues. Uh, Thank you to Wife for joining me a hundred episodes later. Uh, If you remember, how did we kick things off a hundred episodes ago? I don't remember. Smoggies. Oh, okay. Yeah, which we recorded back when, how's this for a difference? Back when our only child was napping Mm. during the day. No, yeah. <laughs> Back when there was one, and she did that. Yeah. Uh, so now, a hundred episodes later, there's new children and all sorts of wild things have happened that the podcast doesn't really chronicle because we never talk about that stuff. Um, let me lay out the concept, because even though we've recorded other segments, this is where the introduction's going to happen. Episode 100 it didn't feel right to just have one or two people come and discuss a subject like we would normally do. So this endeavor that hopefully pans out in the coming days is the lightning round. And the lightning round is going to be a bunch of things that we would like to cover that we know we could never get a full episode out of, although it turns out for some, maybe we could have. Bringing in as many people involved with the with this podcast as possible, and dear God, there are far more than I ever thought. It was a mistake introducing new people so close to episode 100, because now it's just creating more work. Um, so that's what you're about to listen to. I don't know how the segments will be broken up. You'll be able to tell by different voices. I'll think of something. But, you know, it didn't feel right to not kick things off with you because you helped set this all in motion. Because if when I decided, you know what, I have this idea for a podcast, uh, I had to pretty quickly sit down and record it because I figured if I don't do it soon, I'll... Never do it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thank you for... Because if you had said, I don't want to do that, this probably never would have happened. So Well, you're welcome. Uh, so for ours, we are covering something that I'm pretty sure definitely won't be able to <laughs> spur too long of a segment. The Parker Brothers board game, Don't Wake Daddy. Yay! Do you have any background with this board game? None at all. The first time I played it, it was when we played it with Clara. So, I... 
I mean, I saw the commercials. Yeah, so I always saw the commercials as a kid. The, that's how I know it's Parker Brothers, because that's how every commercial ended with, from Parker Brothers. And I always wanted it, and I forget now who it was, a friend or a cousin or somebody had it. And I played it at least once, and it must have left an impression. Because between that and the commercials, Don't Wake Daddy, 13 Dead End Drive, and Grape Escape were on my birthday and Christmas lists for a good couple of years, and I never got any of them. So as an adult, I'm still, I kind of passed on a 13 Dead End Drive because it was too far of a drive to go pick it up. But I really still want to see, you know, what was I missing from my childhood. So uh, Don't Wake Daddy still exists. The other two, I don't think you can buy new in stores anymore. But Don't Wake Daddy, you can. So we picked up a copy, what, two years ago? I, yeah, I guess so. And when she turned three, I realized, oh my god, she's now the minimum <laughs> age required for Don't Wake Daddy. So we busted it out, all excited. She was into it for yeah, a little... She liked it, yeah. Uh, let's set it up. Don't wake daddy. You have daddy in the middle of the board. A mechanical... Not mechanical, because he's very primitive in design. He is lying in bed with his cap on. He can be a simple machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's lying down, and you, as the children... I think your goal is just to get to the fridge and get something yes. to eat, which yeah. is weird that that's the goal and daddy's so like, absolutely not! Yeah, well, you have to, yeah, exactly. Get out of your bed in the middle of the night and tiptoe past him and get to the fridge. Yeah, and there's shit all over the floor. <laughs> it is yes. the concept of the game. <laughs> and the closer you get to the fridge, the louder the shit gets. Because you'll start with maybe, oh, the dog barked, and by the end, it's your, you stepped on a trumpet. Why was there a trumpet near the entrance to the, to the kitchen? I do not remember what yeah. was on the floor. I'm looking at an image. It's like, what yeah, we was have on it in the front floor? of us. So some of the things you encounter include some sort of weird keyboard, microphone, radio, uh, dropping a plate with cake on it, activating a stereo, knocking over a bunch of pots and pans is the one before the kitchen. Okay, so that makes sense. It actually it does make sense based on your location in the house, which is okay. I respect that. Knocking over a, a pot, dog barking. I don't know why a tricycle is one of them, but basically, yeah, the TV being on, that's another yeah. weird one. I guess you could step on the remote and turn on the TV. Why is the remote on the floor? Why did these, why didn't did these pick people pick all their <laughs> shit up before they go to bed? Daddy shouldn't be asleep yet. There's no. work to be done. And yeah, it's weird because it's like the way it's set up, it's like daddy's in the living room on yep. the way to the kitchen, which anyway. Which maybe gives some weird background into mommy and daddy's situation. Yeah, daddy has to right. sleep in the living room. Where is mommy? This is a bed. This is a single bed. Yep. She's all, I'm, oh man, there's some dark history <laughs> beyond just the fact that daddy wakes up and screams at his children like i don't care that you're thirsty get back to bed yeah. and you have to spend your whole night creeping around and praying to god daddy doesn't wake up so you can just get some goddamn food <laughs> because you're so hungry and you and you can't turn on lights and there's shit all over the floor yeah. so you you gotta spin a spinner and it dictates the color like oh you got red you go to the next red space and then if there's a number you got to press the alarm that many times wait wait the number is on the actual board so yeah you spin the spinner you go to red yeah you land on the red tile and you look does it have a number 
Yes. Does it have a picture? Yes. So um, first, you look for the picture. Do you have that oh, card? Oh, yeah. There's you cards, cards you hand yeah. in at the start. And yes, if you land on a space where you have the matching image, you don't have to press the alarm. Yeah. So that's what you want. And then what's supposed to happen is there's a rule we didn't do where... Oh, yeah. The swapping. If you, you give don't up your card ha- Yeah. If something? you don't have the card and you have to press the alarm, you then get to take the card from the person who has it so that you're safe from that the next time. But we... What? No, no, no. If, if you have the card, you have to give up the card, don't you? Something like that. Okay, we didn't, I can't We remember. didn't do that rule because we were already... It was too complex. Yeah, it's like, whatever. To... This is the first time that she's playing this. Let's yeah, keep it simple. We were already trying to teach a terrified three-year-old. <laughs> like, what's going to happen to <laughs> yeah. daddy? And what? <laughs> I started to tense up even when she was pushing yes. the alarm because I was thinking, if daddy wakes up, she's never going to want to play this ever again. But she loved waking daddy. She liked, well, no. No, she really did. After a while, she just wanted to press the alarm and see how long it takes to wake daddy. She did actually win the first time because I would not have let her win. It's everyone for himself and don't wake daddy. (sighs) Uh But she did happen to win. And then she just wanted to push the alarm until uh, daddy woke up. But remember the last time that she was like, I don't want to play the daddy game. It's scary. And that's why it's not out anymore. she was like i don't want to wake daddy that's true yeah well yeah she just likes waking daddy like without a goal of getting to the fridge oh yeah but halfway through the second game she wanted to play again she's like i don't want i just want to wake daddy i don't care i don't care who wins because then she you know that's a happy thing to wake daddy whereas if you play the game oh no it's sad if you wake daddy yeah you have to go back to the start yeah, that's true. We did. We definitely did employ the rule of no, no, no. You have to go back to the start. We're not going to... Yeah, we we're were not, mean. Yeah, we're not going to say like, oh, you woke up, but it's okay. You can stay where you are. Absolutely not. Rules are rules. Back to bed. Just like real life. That's how we do things here. If I catch her on her way down to the kitchen... She goes back to bed and we just try the whole thing again. But it was a nice educational thing. So like when you land on the square, if you know you don't have that card and you have to press the alarm, there's a number on the, the square that you land on and that's how many times you press it. And we all counted pressing the alarm together and she liked it. Yeah, she that's liked true. It. Yeah, it was... I liked I like how easy it is with the spinner and the, the counting of the numbers and... And and the counting of the spaces. I mean, you don't have to count the spaces, but we still did. Yeah, it was good to be, you know, yeah. hey, you got red. Where's the next red space? Exactly. So all of that to say, introducing a three-year-old, the minimum age, to the game. Well, you can do it earlier. It's not yeah. like the police is going to come and stop well, you. Well, that we know of. These are oh. weird times. Um, it, I think it worked. Yeah, it's a fun game. Um, as a game that I was asking for as, I think, a five or six-year-old. Yeah, you would have been bored. I would have been bored. I would have opened it Christmas morning, made everyone play it once, and went, huh. Yeah, see. S- sorry no. about that. This is a pretty cool game for, like, a kindergarten class. Yeah? Yeah. Turn-taking, numbers. It teaches and- them about fear. Yep. Which is important. That's right. Consequences. Because it's not like daddy sits up casually. He bolts upright. So, you know, your natural human reaction is a little bit of a Jesus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And there's that sound, the grind. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. It's like a little spring sound. Yeah. Um, I think that's Don't Wake Daddy. Yeah, that's I don't think there's much, much more to say. Yeah. So It's a cool game. Yeah. For maybe episode 200, we'll be able to track down Grape Escape or... Uh, 13 Denon Drive and see 
if those ones the 13 dead and drive just looks like it would be a nightmare to set up i feel like i'll finally get a copy open it up and go no thanks and that will be that so yeah don't wake daddy one of the few board games that might get to hang around in this house and actually get some use yeah so yeah any other thoughts uh about don't wake daddy yeah no that's it cool uh so that's segment one of a lot strap in and uh yeah Thank you for joining us on episode 100. Thank you, wife, for joining me for episode 100. You're welcome. And probably about 15 other episodes, maybe more, probably more. Thank you for always being my emergency. Oh, dear God, <laughs> shit fell apart. We need to record an emergency episode right now. I'll try and work on that. Do I really have a choice? In the back. I mean, you always have a choice, but man, would I ever be sad. And you don't want to deal with mopey daddy. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Onwards and outwards or upwards or there, here's more. Drop one on. It's time to jam. All right. Let's keep this train rolling. I don't know if this counts as part of the 10 minutes. Probably not. I don't know. Another segment of the episode 100, whatever I call it, extravaganza lightning round. Joining me for this segment are... Sam. And Dylan. Thank you both for being here. Oh, sorry. OG Uh Sam. OG Sam. Yes. Continue. Uh, Sam, you've been... You've been on the podcast since almost day one. Dylan, you've been there in spirit. So thank you both for everything that you have contributed in our quest to 100. But not even, we did it. By this time, we've done it. We did it. We made it. Unless something horrible happens. I also might be one of few people who's actually listened to every single episode. So there's that. Dylan, I'm have you halfway not through Euro Trip right now. I listen in the background when Sam's listening to every single episode. Okay, that counts. I'll take that. Contact high. That still counts. All right. And he independently this... listens to some of them. Let's, the ones that he wants to. He... Yeah, I've decided I don't accept that around these parts anymore. Especially right. past 100. If you're in, you're in or you're out. You're all the way in or you're all the way out. This better not count as part of the 10 minutes because now we're down to like 7. All right, here we go. We did Heritage Minutes. Dylan, what are Heritage Minutes? Canadian Heritage Minutes. They are really brief, one-minute-long commercials that give us history about Canada. Yeah. They were what came on during Flintstones reruns. Exactly. And then you were like, ugh, mute. I'm going to go get more zoodles. Uh, do we all have a background in these? I remember these vividly. Me too. I like looked it up. They started in 1994. And one of the reasons why people think they're so popular is that they counted as Canadian content and you had to have a certain amount of Canadian content on your Canadian channels. So it was just like, here are 75 little commercials and we're just going to play them over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, we watched four, which was nice because it only took four minutes. The first was basketball. Tell me everything you guys know about basketball. Before or after this? Before. It's a sport. Correct. People Dylan. play it. Also accurate. The ball goes in the hoop. Super popular. Uh, Raptors won for like maybe the first time in ball goes in hoop. It's super convenient that it, there's no uh, bottom to the hoop. Yes. <laughs> and now we know why. Yeah. Uh, thanks, to a bef- thanks to a man named James Naismith. That's his name, right? Correct. So a running theme I noticed in these minutes is that I don't know if it worked like this in real life, but a bunch of key things happen in the span of about 30 real world seconds. Cause James names, Oh my God, James Naismith and his boys 
are playing a round of b-ball i don't know if they knew what it was called if they knew it was called basketball yet and one guy is like oh i wish i could carry the ball for a bit and then you know so that's how we got that rule and then he throws the ball into this basket but there's no hole in the bottom so this poor old man has to come in with a ladder and get it and there and he's like why don't we cut a hole in the bottom and the old man goes i need these baskets back and then in the next scene there's a there's a hole in the bottom so fuck you old man you do not get these baskets back Yep, that's exactly what happened. Uh, most surprising thing, this did not take place in Canada. It, like, So it starts with the location, and the location is Springfield, Massachusetts. I probably just butchered that. And Naismith is from Almont, Ontario. However, yep. this did not take place in Canada, and he had both Canadian and American citizenship. So, you know, so that's my note. So a stretch is what you're saying, maybe, yeah. to say and Canada then, invented basketball. Yeah, so we watched that one first, and then I was going to keep an eye out. So if we want to get into them and just plow through, I can tell you how none of these are actually super Canadian. Perfect. Um, That's what I'm here for. Dylan, any more thoughts on James Naismith? I was very surprised. I thought it took place in Canada. As did I. <laughs> I knew the Elmont part, but huh. Yeah. All right, well, let's ruin Canada for everybody. The next one that fired up for me was Superman. Us too. Which, again... It's just a minute of basically every single thing about Superman being conceived rapid fire as I forget the guy's name. Sam, you must have written it down. Schuster. Joe Schuster. Joe Schuster is talking to Lois, his friend. It's never really clear. He's about to get on a train. He's like, he's a Superman and he can, he has a, oh, he has a cape and he does this. And then she makes like a finger guns motion at him he's like oh and yes that's right he's faster than a speeding bullet and he's like oh and he can fly like no but he can jump it's like okay it probably took him more time than this uh but she's really naysay she's really <laughs> pooping on this on on his idea my yeah. problem with this one was where was his partner because superman was created by a duo yep <laughs> so was he american he was American, yes, he was. so that's what I found out. So this this one, again, opens with Cleveland, Ohio, and there's a reference. She, she's like, she calls them, oh, you Canadian kids with your big ideas or whatever. Um, but the guy, this was created by Joe Schuster and Siegel. Does that sound right? Somebody Siegel? Yes. Yes, and he was American. And it, she makes a reference, I guess, the train he's getting on is going to... Toronto. He's like, she's like, talk yep. to your cousin about it or whatever. Talk to in your Toronto. friends up in Toronto about it. Yeah. And then she winks at the camera so we know, like, ah, I'm Canadian too. Yeah. But apparently he is, again, a Canadian American. He has dual citizenship. And this was really developed in America. His partner is American as well. So it would be interesting to see the episode order to see if they started things like the Halifax explosion and that kind of stuff, but the loony things they knew 100% were Canadian. And then by episode 20, we're like, oh, guys, that's it. That's everything cool that's ever happened here. <laughs> um, what else? Let's take this and stretch it to Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, soldier, has a bear. I don't think it's his bear. I think Turns it's like... out it is his bear. Oh, this, okay. Yeah. The soldier paid 20 bucks for this uh, bear and took the bear. That's a good bear, deal for a bear. Yeah, took the bear with him to war 
And the bear represented the, he, he be, or she became, because also this bear is a girl, uh, she became the official mascot, mascot for the Canadian 2nd Infantry. Yes. And uh, when they were shipped off to France, they were like, you can't bring a bear to the front line. So that's how this bear ended up in the zoo. Yes. Now, Named Winnie because he was from Winnipeg, if I remember yes. right. His hometown was Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnie the girl bear ended up in the zoo. And so all of that is what I found out after the fact. But what actually happens in in the Heritage Minute, Sean? So after we, uh, he can't keep the bear, we cut to a zoo. And a creepy kid is looking at the bear with, a, if I remember right, a very like, Daddy, oh, I like the bear accent. And I think the dad is the creepy janitor from Urban Legend, but I couldn't yes. find that out for sure. Yes, it was. It was? Okay. So I was trying to Google it, and there's no cast listing for this. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's creepy urban legend janitor. It's like, I want to keep the bear, Daddy, I do. And he's like, what if I write stories about the bear? And my unnamed associate here, I'll make him draw pictures of the bear for you. And the other guy doesn't look terribly psyched about that, but presumably had no choice in the matter. And that's how we got Winnie the Pooh. Oh, except she says, like, can he be called Winnie the Pooh? Why is that? I don't know. Yep. So that's what happens there. And so, yeah, some British guy wrote Winnie the Pooh. And this is a Canadian Heritage Minute. I feel like this one is the biggest stretch of all of the (laughs) ones we watch, where it's just like, yeah, the the bear's from Canada. That's that's what happened there. So to be clear, the author, not Canadian, right? The guy we see at the end? Correct. Author, not Canadian. Uh, illustrator, not Canadian. The only Canadian thing in here is the bear who was at the London Zoo, who is a female bear named Winnie, and that's that's it. Everything also, else, I completely forgot British. the creepy kid's name. Anyone? Christopher Anyone? Robin. Christopher Robin. What Which is mean? a true fact. Wait, that the, the author's son was actually named Christopher Robin. Here's the thing, though. There is no reason a parent would ever, unless the child was in trouble, first name in its entirety and last name them in casual reference, except for us to know, oh, Christopher Robin, I know who that is. Like, what uh, do you mean, Christopher Robin? No. But Christopher Robin is not, uh, Robin's not the last name. A.A. A. Milne is the writer. The child's name was Christopher Robin Milne. Yeah, so. but, and that's even weirder then to first and it middle is, name them. We're all parents here. Have you ever once done that? Every day. I'm, I maybe do it all the time. I'm yeah, looking at you do it every I can day. see your face. I'm looking at your face to see. He seems Legitimately truthful. do. She does. Yeah. Middle name too? Yeah. When they're not her, in trouble. Her, yeah, her middle name is Josephine. So I call her Aurora Joe a lot. You're yeah. kind of killing what I was my vibe there, but all right, fine. That's you and a- and the author of Winnie the Pooh are the only all the only ones. Uh, and then we wrapped it up with I forget what it's actually called, but it turns out just googling burnt uh, toast. <laughs> Canadian heritage burnt toast it auto completed, but it's actually about strokes and a neurosurgeon. The thing that surprised me about this episode is the amount of time spent looking at an open brain. Yeah, but that's actually super relevant. So the doctor's name, which I bet no one could have said before we watch this, is Wilder Penfield. And he, what I looked it up, what he actually was known for is identifying, he created the tool that allows you to 
get into the brain without causing a bunch of scarring and issues, which is why he was really good at figuring out where seizures originated. And that tool is still in use today. But who wants to guess what makes this not a super Canadian moment? Because this is the only one that was set in Montreal. So it was actually set in Canada. What makes this not Canadian? Was he in Canada, but he's not Canadian? Yeah, this guy is American. He was born in Washington, went to John Hopkins, ended up in Montreal. But uh, yeah, not even Canadian. So that's how I'm just going to throw, throw out all of these four Canadian heritage, heritage minutes as not Canadian. That sucks. Yeah. I went into this being like, this is going to be the most patriotic 10 minutes of this whole episode. Instead, I mean, we just reinforce, like, we made poutine, beaver tails, and Ryan Reynolds. And that's it. You made Ryan Reynolds. I mean, not, I can't take sole credit, but <laughs> we as a unit, definitely. You're welcome, America, for the hitman's bodyguard. I'm glad that's what you went with. You're <laughs> <laughs> making a sequel. Oh. It, it got okay. delayed, though. God damn you, COVID. All right. All right. Well, that's it. I think we did it. What's our time at? I don't know. All right. I we feel like we talked about this. the topic for less than 10 minutes, but uh, yes, enough. it's time to move on. Thank you okay. so much to, to Dylan. And thank you to OG Sam for joining us on episode 100. Here's to a hundred more or like 10. I don't know. I'm very tired. Drop one on. It's time to jam. Hello and welcome to the fifth or third segment i don't know there's no set order i'll figure it we're, out we're gonna have day. so many awkward welcomes on this thing <laughs> oh god you're right yeah i don't need to say hello and welcome every time there's a new segment there's a new segment rob is here yeah but guess who else is here hi <laughs> that's not enough proper <laughs> intro uh, it's rob's wife melissa Yay! <laughs> she didn't have that in her notes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here for episode 100. It wouldn't have been a celebration without you. Oh, thanks. So, uh, appreciate you hopping on board. And Rob, you've been here since, like, day two. So... Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, so thank you for sticking with us for 98 weeks. <laughs> How many do you think I've done? Do you think I'm over 50%? I don't know. There's no prize. I don't want a prize. I'm just curious. I like stats. <laughs> mm, I'd say it's a safe, that's a safe bet. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Melissa's aiming for a consistent 1% on the show. So she'll be back for episode 200. Oh, even better. Oh, there's no way. I'll be long dead by then. <laughs> Although you would have to pick, someone has to pick up the mantle. I'll give it to my brother. Yeah. It has to stay in the McMahon family. <laughs> Uh, that's already like three minutes. What are we here to talk about? This is all you. This is your selection. Yes, Melissa, Melissa you chose the subject matter at hand. What okay, is it and that why? I chose it, but it wasn't my first or second or even like 12th pick. It took a while for us to find the topic <laughs> that you hadn't already talked about that I actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> there are a hundred of them, so. Yes. So we're talking about Art Attack. Yes. And I don't actually know if you've seen it before, Sean. I had, but I was a little surprised to find out that they are full 20-minute episodes. I'm not as familiar with that, 
But what I remember is back when I was a kid, but if they had about three minutes to spare when one show was ending and another one hadn't yet started, they would throw in a segment from this show. So it would be like a few of those ones where they move the construction paper around to form a shape or the ones I remember the most and the ones I cited to Rob when he mentioned it was the aerial view where they're moving a bunch of stuff around and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? And then they they call that the giant art attack. Yeah. And I was happy that the episode we watched had one of those. Mm -hmm. So what, that is my history. When you reveal that they are full episodes, I was a little surprised. I didn't watch that, but I definitely saw the segments and thought those were cool. So what is your, yours is his background on this. Um, with me, this was something that I was very aware of as a kid. I'm not going to lie, though. I would usually turn it off. I'd be looking for cartoons. I wasn't interested in real humans on my screen for most of the time when I was a kid. And I definitely watched this a lot as a kid. I don't actually remember whether or not I made the crafts, but I remember watching this show pretty often. The crafts seemed like they'd be a real pain in the ass, to be exactly. honest. So I don't blame you at all if you were like, <laughs> I just want to watch someone else do this. <laughs> so... The episode we watched, I think, was from 1996. Yeah. I was a little surprised to find out it ran for another 11 years. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Like, this thing was super popular. Well, I got 11 more years with host Neil Buchanan. That's his name, right? And yeah. then it, I guess it's still going on Disney Junior with some other person who's not Neil Buchanan, which means I oh, really? don't care. Yeah, I noticed that when I was watching this on YouTube, I was getting Disney ads. Like, a yeah. lot of Disney ads. That's why. It's still going in that form. Um, But yeah, he hosted it for 16 years, I believe. Yeah. So, and I can't, he's basically, he's, he's Bob Ross. He's like Bob, the the kid show Bob Ross, right? Like he's very just soothing to listen to. I don't really know Bob Ross that well. Is he all right or is he weird? I feel like the equivalent presenters that we have that aren't Neil Buchanan in the UK, they're all either in prison for being pedophiles or they died and then were revealed as being pedophiles. Uh, There's, is Bob Ross dead? Let me check. I think he's alive. Definitely not a pedophile. Okay. I wouldn't have bought his Funko if I knew that was the case. And I definitely bought his Funko. (laughs) So, uh, yes. Wow. He passed away in 1995. So I'm... Okay. Before even this episode of Art Attack aired. (laughs) So you got Neil Buchanan, and he takes you through some crafts. So we start with sponge frames. Yeah, this craft was really not a good craft. I wasn't impressed. (laughs) Completely agree. You would not be impressed. You would want to throw it out. No. I like that he didn't even give you a way to stand it up or hang it on a wall. He was just like, that would look great on the wall. He didn't even attach the first photo to it. He just slid it behind the sponges and went, done. I know it wouldn't. It was ugly. Yeah. Nope. And uh, my favorite part of that whole segment was at one point it's showing like, oh, and here's some of the other art we did. By the way, you can't show me this show and not expect me to try the accent. Yeah, um, yeah, this, it, yeah it wasn't accent. a good first attempt. No. <laughs> and one of the photos, as an example, is just Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I was looking at the sponges. From like speed. Yeah, I thought that was Keanu Reeves. I was going to ask you, Rob, actually, if you knew who the woman was because I had no idea. Oh, I'd have to look back. I don't know. Yeah, the woman I didn't know, but definitely, like, here's a promo, a speed promo shot with Keanu Reeves. Oh, weird. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty great. Uh, a bettering for a future episode. Then we cut to the, the giant art attack, where he takes a bunch of cardboard boxes and makes a sphinx, makes the pyramids and a sphinx. 
And my wife's only comment was, this seems wasteful. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Comments on the Sphinx. I know you've got lots of notes. I don't want to, I want to give you your time here. Oh, it's okay. No, just that, like, some of his big art attacks were really impressive, but this one was not particularly impressive. So this yeah. Was- <laughs> we watched a couple after, like, the one I decided to rob that I remember is, like, I know there was a tiger, and I found that clip and watched the tiger one, and that one's really, because it's all very precisely laid cloth. Whereas this one, he, you know, the Sphinx part is cool, but it is just a lot of boxes that form a pyramid, and then I presume he turned to the crew and went, like, all right, well... Clean all this shit up then, and then off he goes. Yeah, that accent's not working. He's, a, he's, he's a scouser. This is a, he's, he's from Liverpool, so his accent would wind me up. There's football things happening. He's a, he sounds a little bit like this. So, you know, you've got to get your sponges and then put them all around. <laughs> the it was actually interesting for me to hear his accent because I hadn't realized that I'd been exposed to northern English accents other than Coronation Street before I met Rob and went to England. What yeah, I do Rob- remember, though, is is telling my mom because they have uh they use like british words for different things on the show so telling my mom that i needed like pba glue and blue roll so that i could make these crafts <laughs> and having no idea what that was <laughs> that was the one other thing my wife remembered was the pv glue she's like is that the one where he's always is a pv glue pva yeah. she's like is that the one where the, i was like I, I don't know and then as soon as about two minutes in it's like oh it's gonna grab this here Put that all oh, that looks so did you not really have that here because like one thing that we would do in england was uh if we were in art class we would put it all over our hands and then peel it off and it was like peeling off a layer of skin we had elmer's glue yeah i think that's uh, okay. the same thing that we didn't have google at the time to actually be able to figure that out right. so <laughs> i just was like mom i need pva glue and she's like, they don't have pva glue <laughs> i got you elmer's no mom <laughs> i can't make a sponge frame with this mom <laughs> Where am I going to put my Keanu Reeves photos now? I'm trying to look at who this woman is, and I know her, but you wouldn't know her, so it's not even worth me trying to remember what, what her name is. You're making me realize I have notes too, so I should probably pull those out. <laughs> um, oh. I don't know what any of this means. I wrote Keanu Reeves, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I wrote that he doesn't finish making the frame, no. but I also wrote cheaper than a frame. I think I'm I'm referencing yeah, actually if you wrote that with a question mark I had the same thought because he shows you these sponges and they're like one pound fifty for a pack of ten but you could probably get a decent frame for a pound for a I think that's what I was getting at <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he does suggest that this might be a good alternative to spending a lot of money on a frame he actually says that yeah that's his opening things like oh frames lots of money but you know why would you want to do that <laughs> when look what I have oh my god look what I have here <laughs> Look at these sponges I have. Did anyone else write their notes in drippy writing? (laughs) (laughs) We've been noticing how much drippy writing there is in the world since we watched (laughs) this episode. One of my Blu-rays has that title treatment. It's like, oh my god, he's right. Yeah, the last eight minutes of this is like, well now, if anyone wants to know how to make some drippy letters, I'm just gonna, oh no, oh, just draw a real drippy ghost there. Just, oh, there's chunks. Just chunks falling off of them. Just, oh, God, look at his face. Look at his face. I had a question for Rob about a British word he used when describing these spooky, drippy letters. Because he said gunge, and I have never heard that word before. You don't know I, I didn't pick up on gunge. That's an awful word, Rob. Yeah, it's terrible. So what the hell? Gunge? 
guns. They use guns on so many TV shows in the UK. There was a kid's show called Getting Your Own Back where you could take on one of your parents or a teacher and you would be trying to compete to win different competitions so that the person you brought with you got thrown into a pool of guns at the end. Like that was how you were. Uh, What did I I just say it was called? Because I feel like I got the name completely wrong. I had like a brain fart. It was called Uh, Getting Your Own Back. Take back your own, I think. You yeah, said. yeah, get, getting your own back. So, yeah. Getting your own back. It's just, it's just like a mixture of like slang and paint and just, yeah. Okay. Is it, Melissa, what's our equivalent? Gack? <laughs> slime? It's kind of like sludge. Slime. It's a bit thicker. Oh, sludge? Yeah. Yeah. Sludge. I guess sludge is, yeah. What was Gunge? Yeah. It just unfortunately oh, word. with a much more recent word that the in between has yeah, made famous. That's what I think. What, wait, what did he say? <laughs> it rhymes with clunge. So. <laughs> I hate saying it and hearing it. Well, yeah, it's that's it's got a spooky. It's got the same like that the when you the moist thing where you're just like I hate this gunge. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> it's got a little bit of gunge falling off from there. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Trippy letters. <laughs> it was pretty simple to do, at least. That's true, yeah. Although I haven't attempted it. I have not either, but he made it look like I could do it too. The sponge thing, even as an adult, I was out as soon as he started cutting the sponges in half. It's like I couldn't. I would mess that up. Yeah, same. I was only ever there for the drawing on this show. As soon as he stopped drawing things, I was like, eh, can't be bothered. We flashed forward to a 2007 episode just to see and we started to get wrapped up in it oh interesting this could this is this is like a good falling asleep show very (laughs) very calming i guess the one thing we missed out was that nonsense where he was uh doing split pin flappy ears which he kept laughing at and they weren't funny at all (laughs) no no, they weren't so funny no (laughs) oh look at that that's goddamn delightful that Yeah, you're, it was unmemorable enough that I completely forgot that segment. Yeah. So, would you show your kids? Uh, yeah. Not. Hmm. Maybe not now, because they would make us do it. <laughs> they would want a sponge frame. <laughs> We'd be like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> the. I wouldn't do the flappy ear thing. I would draw them some drippy letters. How about that? Nice. Nice. How about you? You happy that we revisited this delight from your childhood? <laughs> well, I um, taught uh, crafts as a summer camp counselor when I was a teenager. So I never went back to Art Attack, but I had gone back to some other kids' shows to find ideas for crafts at the time. So, yeah, I watched another British one yeah. um, called Fingertips, which I feel like was actually a lot better in terms of their craft ideas. Yep. <laughs> Should we start again? <laughs> All right, take two. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't watch that as a kid. And I've never heard of it. So yeah. that's rule one of this show. <laughs> so how do we wrap up these things? I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about Art Attack? There was one, one other thing I wanted to say. So I looked up. Uh, Neil Buchanan, just because I, well, I wanted to know what his accent was, but also what his background was and what happened to him. And he had had a heavy metal music career before he was on Art Attack, which I Oh my God. Do you, know, <laughs> do you have the name of his heavy metal band? Yes. Was it Gunge? Uh, oh, I didn't write it down, but they won the UK Battle of the Bands. Is that a big thing? I don't think that's a thing at all. <laughs> I think somebody just wrote that on the name of that on the pub once. And... 
Yeah. As long as it's a battle of the bands that took place in the UK, I guess it's true. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. Even yeah. if it's just him and his buddy. I mean, my source is Wikipedia, so... The only thing I know about Neil Buchanan is that there was a very persistent rumor that he was dead. He's, there's been more death hoaxes about him than most British people that I can think of. But he's that's, still alive. That's <laughs> a weird choice to go after, but all right. What's he been, do we know what he's been up to in the 13 years preceding Heart Attack? Back to the heavy metal? Uh, he was in a band called Marseille. Is, formed in 1976. Oh, uh, and I have to click on them to learn about them. Four albums they had. Oh, good Battle for them. Of the band, Battle of the Bands at Wembley Arena. So that sounds okay. Like a good deal. Yeah. That's a thing, then. Yeah. Nice. Good he for Neil guitarist. Yeah. I'm guessing that's not nearly as soothing as the show, though. I bet, oh, man, though, I bet they use some drippy-ass letters in their band <laughs> typography. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see some album covers. All right, next time. <laughs> Episode 102. Uh, yeah, that's probably too long, so we can wrap it up there. I'm sure there's some bits you can cut on either end. <laughs> what? There's some bits you can cut on either end, I'm sure. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have time for that. Uh, so thank you to Rob. Thank you to Melissa. Melissa, I hope you developed a taste for it. Because... I think it's less about developing a taste for it and more seeing that it isn't as bad as she thought it was going to be. No, this is pretty much it, except usually a little longer. Yeah. Sometimes not even. <laughs> Who knows? Well, thank you for having us. This Thanks is a, land, a landmark moment. Yes, oh my god. A hundred. A hundred of these. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, if we were cricketers, we'd be taking off our helmets and taking in the applause from the crowd right now. Probably. I don't fucking know. Drop one on, it's time to jam! Hello and welcome to the next segment of, I don't know what order these are going to go in, so this is called the next segment. Joining me for this continuous episode 100 celebration, it's... Did we, did we settle on Sam too? Was that going I, to be my I name? think you're Sam also. Okay, Sam also. Thank you, Sam also, for joining us here today. Uh, since we got to get, you know, it's all about getting moving... What, what are we here to discuss? We are going to talk about the music video for Robbie Williams' Rock DJ. We sure until are. until a few weeks ago, I forgot existed. I have never really forgotten this existed, but I hadn't seen it since uh, it first came out oh so long ago. I've always been a fan of the song, though. I don't know about yourself. It's a good song. Like, it is catchy. Uh, and it's also, this is kind of a good spite move because uh, frequent co-host colleague slash partner slash whatever I call the other people on this show, Rob does not like this song at all. So I think we discussed that and it was a motivating factor in this becoming my final pick. Yeah. As soon as you picked Rock TJ, I was like, ha, Rob hates that song. We need to do it because we're all about spite (laughs) around here. I'm pretty sure this episode will contain the clip of my wife in episode one saying we'll never stick to a schedule. So again, this whole thing was kind of birthed from spite. Um, it's so, a great motivator. Oh, definitely. Also, uh, we are weirdly close to the 20th anniversary of this song becoming a single. So huh. it's e- even more perfect. This uh, song was released as the lead single from Robbie's third album, Sing When You're Winning. And it was released as a single on July 31st, 2000. Oh, we are very close then. Very close. By the time, and this, keep in mind, this episode isn't airing for a few weeks, so even closer. 
which makes me very happy continuing our goal to be the anniversaryist podcast of all time. And but a happy anniversary to Robbie Williams and his butt cheeks. Yes, his muscly, quite literally, butt cheeks. Um, all right, I guess, yeah, let's get into it. This video, so it starts with Robbie Williams is like under, under this platform and surrounding this raised platform is a, basically a roller, not rink, but like a circular track where women are rollerblading around him. Yes? Yes, indeed. Uh, and a woman pushes a button on a mechanism that says Robbie, and then Robbie emerges from the ground yeah, wearing a, a white, I don't want to say the, the slang term for that shirt because it's not Tank good. top. Tank top. Uh, and, you know, doing his Robbie Williams dancing and arrogance. I think that was his whole persona, right? Because he was a arrogant kind yeah, of... Yeah, I think that was kind of his, his deal. Yeah, I think maybe even his debut album was called The Ego Has Landed. So that was his whole thing. But it's not working here, Sam, also. It's just not working for him. He's trying to get the DJ's attention and she's just, you know, she's not having it. No, the ladies are not feeling Robbie. Nope, he's all confused. He's doing all his sexy dances and flexing and posing. He's like, I don't understand. So what's his first move to try and get attention? He uh, takes off the tank top. Yes, and whips it around above his head and starts doing more flexing. Like, look at my tats. I don't remember what his tats are, but he definitely had them. They weren't great. They, they weren't were, great. Like, tribal things. Like, they were very... 2000s yeah but he's in you know he's an in shape man so yeah. you know look at these and then that doesn't work so what's what's his what's the go-to move now obviously you take off the pants take off the pants start you know doing the the i'm doing the motion you can't see it doing the little pumps the little you know look at this look at the junk look at i really appreciate junk. i really appreciate how confident he was that he thought that really like the key to success here was just to like let the ladies see his like, I guess they're not really tidy whities because they're black, but his very form-fitted underwear with the tiger on the crotch. Yeah, like that was bulge. that was gonna really be what would you know get those ladies interested finally. But does it work? It does not. No, it does not work. So obviously, the next move is. To remove the tiger panties. To remove the tiger panties. So at this point, we got fully 100% naked Robbie Williams. And, but, you know, the camera, is, it's, it's still, you know, this is not pornography. So you can't, you can't just show Wang in a music video. The version that I watched was apparently the uncensored version. And, like, it's still censored. You don't, you don't see Robbie Dick. But, like, it does pan down. So wait, so what do you, because I obviously watched the uncensored version too. I, I mean, I remember it got very close. Yeah, well, the one that I saw, it went to like about like mid-thigh. But like, okay. still just blurred out. Uh, okay. And I don't think you see Genital bare butt region. either. At least not in this form. No, I don't think uh, so. But it's still not working. You know, he's flapping it around, aiming it at people. And uh, the, the, the females are just, you know, and you can see the confused look in his face. You know, I'm Robbie Williams. At this point, little... the ladies have left the road of the rink, too. They're, like, just fully done. They're like, okay, you have nothing left to give. Yeah. We're done. Your Robbie Wang isn't doing it for us. Flapping it isn't changing things. <laughs> so, obviously, as a man, I understand this. What's the next move? 
Obviously, you remove your skin. You peel your skin off and fling it around above your head. It's actually really gross. It is. It's horrifying. Like, he kind of grits his teeth, grabs the skin around his waist, and removes it as though it were a shirt, and you get close-ups of the skin separating from the muscle and seeing the ick goop that would connect the two together and it's not done like in one swift removing a shirt motion he has to earn it like he yanks at that yeah he is tugging and it's weirdly like oh i don't like this at all no and like the effects considering that this is a music video from 20 years ago the effects are like very realistic in an alarming way yes i completely agree they did a pretty good job creating, I assume, just a full makeup skin suit for either him or a stunt double, maybe, to wear. So It's weird, because once he takes his face off, he still looks like Robbie Williams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's definitely him wearing a lot of makeup. But then, things don't stop there. No, they do not. You think, like, oh, that's weird, like he's dancing like a completely muscle, like, literal muscles showing robbie williams and you're like that's disgusting but then things continue to escalate because what does robbie williams start to do sam he starts throwing hunks of muscle into the crowd because the ladies are now back on the roller rink like this has gotten their their interest again so yes they're back in the game and not in a this is disgusting way oh no but in a oh yes finally kind of way because not only is he throwing organs and chunks of his muscle and body at them, including his buttocks. Yep. They are catching them, and in a move I completely don't remember, in some cases, consuming them. Yep, they are, like, rubbing them all over themselves, putting them in their mouth, licking them. Like, it's... It is really something. Yeah. And Robbie is fine. Like, he's, it doesn't show that he's actively in pain, at least. No, he's good. still dancing. Yeah, he's still dancing. And then we finish with the natural conclusion, which is, I think, okay, it, at first he peels his face off to reveal a screaming skull underneath, which gave me the first impression that maybe this did hurt. <laughs> but then the skeleton just dances. Oh, maybe he was just excited. Like, I think maybe, uh, it's, yeah. It's kind of hard without the skin to tell really what exactly that expression is, because it's at that point, it's just bone. Yeah, skeleton emotions are very tricky to read, but he doesn't seem like he regrets his decisions. No, he is like, he's still going for it. Yeah, and then the DJ is like, you did it. You've won me over, skeleton man. Let's dance. Yep, and then, and then they then- dance while the other ladies continue to lick his organs and meat around so not them. surprisingly this was heavily censored back when yes. it came out um i i definitely remember seeing it unedited because this was 2000 so this was early internet days so i and i saw this so much music which would have been where we looked to for this must have aired it uncensored at least once yeah i think, I think- Probably, like, late at night or something. Yeah, exactly. I think the deal was, and I quickly checked out the censored version just to see what the differences were, and it's basically, when it gets to the part where he's like, 
I'm going to maybe remove my skin. He doesn't. It just kind of keeps reusing footage of him dancing and the women. And then it kind of creatively edits it so that he just goes straight into being a skeleton. We skip right past the muscle phase. See, I didn't think to look up the censored version, but that's lame. Like, I mean, that takes away all the fun. Exactly. Because uh, imagine the first time you saw that video thinking, well, the song's pretty catchy. I don't know if I like Robbie Williams that much, but okay, this is funny. And then, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, a, fun, a couple other fun facts. This video was banned in the Dominican Republic due to allegations of Satanism. All right, then. That's specific. And in 2007 was ranked at number 48 on Much Music's 50 Most Controversial Videos. Unfortunately, I was not able to find the rest of the list to tell you what's number one. I assume, I don't know, Madonna was probably up there for that video where the crosses are burning. And yeah, I miss music videos, to put it one way. Like they're still out there, but they're not, you know, you don't have people taking off their skin quite so frequently. No, it's a, yes, it is a memorable video in that I was surprised to see, I probably hadn't seen it in 20 years and was still like, I know eventually he becomes a skeleton. I kind of remembered the muscle part and that he was ripping him, his muscles off. I did not remember that they can, like the women were eating them, which no. begs that there is a lot of underlying fiction in this video that someone needs to dive into. See, when I, so I watched the video a few months back and I remembered that he took the skin off because that was what prompted me to go looking for it because I think I wasn't feeling well and I said I wanted to take off my skin suit and that went to... Oh, I bet watching that video made you feel way better. Yeah, exactly. So I remembered the skin being removed. I did not remember that he then like continues to just pick parts of himself off and throw them into the audience until he's a skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, it's real gross. Yeah. But In my memory, it just ended once he took his skin off. I think we're already well past 10 minutes, so now I have to wind us down already. But, um, yeah, final thoughts? Um, final thoughts are that it, it holds up. I mean, yes. it's weird and gross, and the song is still catchy as all hell. Yeah. I This song, I think, played at my wedding, if <laughs> I remember right. Is that true? You were there. I was remember? there. Uh don't remember if rock dj played okay so then it probably didn't because that would be pretty memorable i mean um, it feels very on brand for the mcmahon wedding it does so it may have it might have uh, yeah i agree the song is still catchy the video is unique in that you wouldn't expect such disgusting imagery to be matched with a fairly standard upbeat dance pop song but hey it works I'll, any yes anything that makes a music video stand out I'll take it. So I think that's it. On to the next segment. Thank you, Sam, also. Thank you. And good day. Drop one on. It's time to jam. We have our next segment here as the episode 100 train refuses to stop for anyone, except <laughs> it did stop, I guess, for our, our next guest. Who has yet to introduce herself with confidence. <laughs> nope. Kim. Kim. <laughs> the train did stop to let Kim on, but now we're full. full we're back on the track. <laughs> we're full, good. Full. We're, we're here. We're here. We're ready to talk about something. <laughs> we're here to talk about the 
let me just pull up the year. I believe it was 1986. It is. I just Wikipedia'd yeah. it. The uh, 1986 music video for Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, which had you even heard of the song before I sent you this? I knew the song from movies. I never okay. actually considered it to be a real song that was a number one hit with the charts. Well, and Gabriel himself has credited like the music video pretty much single-handedly made this song a hit. Because, uh, again, remembering that this is 1986, you could knock this video out on a computer now in like a couple of days. But in 86, this was... This was pretty insane. If anyone has not seen the video, we'll wait. Go ahead. Go check it out. <laughs> the train will stop for you. Yes. No, the, right. the video is really impressive, but um, I had to watch it a second time to actually think, oh, yes, this is quite a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the whole thing is done in stop motion animation, which, you know, already you're like, okay, that, that would be a lot of work. But they are not just content to do one gimmick with stop motion <laughs> animation like it opens with him well actually no it kind of opens with like shots of the inside of the body and i think sperm sperm is the very first thing we see <laughs> yep so and then already, it goes straight to the bloodstream and then we end with dancing chickens yes so which fun fact are animated by nick park creator of wallace and gromit Apparently i could see he, that he i could just definitely did the see that <laughs> Yeah, that gives a kind of a good idea. So you start with Peter Gabriel moving all weird, but actual Peter Gabriel. And then at one point he turns into clay. And then at one point he's a bunch of fruit. And then at the end is a huge stop motion dance sequence where furniture starts walking around. Uh, and there's I, a random stick man. Do you remember the stick man? <laughs> yep. It's just nonstop. <laughs> like you don't ever have a chance to get used to the one visual that you're seeing. Like, oh, it's... He's singing and he's in stop motion, so he's kind of moving. But no, it is continuing. Like now everything is blue, and now there's claymation bumper cars dancing with him. And now a hammer has laid two eggs, and the eggs have birthed two dead chickens, and the dead chickens are dancing around on stage. And then, I totally uh, missed the fact that the eggs were laid. Well, when, I mean, when did that happen? A hammer slams down on the stage, and when it rises back up, there are eggs. Oh man, what does that mean? What does that symbolize? Probably nothing. <laughs> Probably just what if two chickens start? That's actually would be interesting to see the behind the scenes of, because a lot of it makes sense. In the beginning, it's just following his lyrics very, very closely. Like when he says something about a blue sky, everything becomes blue. When he mentions bumper cars, two claymation bumper cars show up. And but, airplanes and train tracks. And he watches them. He watches the trains move around and yeah. stuff. And like the fruit line makes a, makes his face turn into fruit and then his fruit face starts singing. Uh, I consider this one of the best music videos of all time because I love stop motion animation and I love insane things. But that wasn't true until I was an adult because Kim, the reason I chose this is because this video fucked me up as a kid. Oh. <laughs> I think watching this when I was younger would have had like more of an impact on me, but now I'm just like an old person who is like impress me. So I was just like, yeah, this is cool and all. I was just distracted mostly by the the song lyrics. I wanted to know more about the song lyrics, but I couldn't listen to them because 
of everything that's just being sh- like thrown into your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's the point. I don't know what, yeah, I don't, honestly, I've watched this video probably 30 times in my life and I have no idea what any of the lyrics are aside from, oh, he said bumper cars and there's bumper cars. <laughs> I've, I've seen it twice. I've seen the music video twice within the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually, it's about a five minute video. So that's just 10 minutes of nonstop sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it, stopped it, said what the hell, and then immediately started it again. Does it not kind of make you sad, though, that music videos are they're still kind of a thing, but no one ever really gets excited about music videos anymore, aside from, oh, that means an artist I like released a new song, but I feel like it's rare that, oh, you have to see this video because the video itself is cool. Are there music videos, or is everything just like a TikTok now? Like, is uh, this a TikTok now? Are we, tic- are we a TikTok? I don't, I ask myself that every day. I'm not entirely sure. Is, do you say a TikTok or do you just say, is this TikTok? The what fact the that cool we don't say? know means we're not on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't even think that music videos were being made. Are there current music videos? I know Taylor Swift still oh, that releases music videos because she really hypes those up. Yeah. I think I've only seen one of her videos and it involved a lot of actors who were just punching stuff. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, I think I know what you mean. That could describe a few Taylor Swift music videos, but I think you're describing Bad Blood, which is a terrible song. Yeah, that's it. Wow, you know it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've seen that video. I've seen most of Swift's output, if only because maybe she's the only person releasing music videos these days. But can, I, was, can we just have like a segment where I vaguely describe things and then you just immediately name it? That could be a whole other show. <laughs> it could be another podcast just called, it's the one where the guy's in the thing. Welcome to another episode of, <laughs> it's the one with the guy in the thing. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, okay, so circling back to the, the, the trauma. Because uh, this, you know, this was an event when it came out back in the day. Because there was no internet. Once the video aired, it's not like you could go on the internet and be like, "Oh, you got to see this." You had to wait. It was wait. Were you mouth. alive in 1986? I was you... two. I was two. So I mean, I don't have much of a memory of that. <gasps> Although I probably wow. saw it pretty young. Um, but I know the stories that it's and yeah, you know, we. I'm sure you watched much music back in like. The, the days of much music i would watch it on the side my sister loved much music okay. i was not a much music fan but i have seen many a music video and i remember actually being really excited for like will smith's music videos as one should be yeah his, but i've his, never seen this one until his, now <laughs> his fresh prince music videos or his his millennium his oh yeah okay yeah movie based ones <gasps> well i mean a lot of the songs from the 80s are arguably movie-based songs. That is, yes, that is very true. Except this one, I think. No, this one is from a movie. I've heard it so many times from movies. I was I'm trying sure. to figure out where I've heard it from, but I can't. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, so pre-internet, you know, word, you had to wait. You just had to sit and watch MTV and be like, oh, I hope they play the music video that I want to see. And then you could tape it with your vcr and then you know you didn't hit record fast enough so you missed the first few seconds but it's fine you have just opened up a window to a portion of my life that i completely and totally forgot uh, this is like yeah. therapy for me wow 
the cassette tape ready to go for the radio song and you're not yeah. close enough to hit record but when the song starts that you wanted to hear and you run over and you press record you probably only just missed the dj talking so it's probably fine but oh you know my that, god you know that part at the end of this video when he's sitting in a chair and then all of a sudden everything becomes weird and black and starry and then he does this like jerky walk how could one forget how could one forget this moment and then he like does this like arms in the air like ah and then keeps doing his jerky walk and then it cuts to him kind of making like a jerky sledgehammer move oh i missed that i didn't get the sledgehammer move the the the, the repetition of the sledgehammer really really confused me i don't know what it means uh i have no idea either uh if anyone does know feel free to send us an email my brother (laughs) might and he can also attest to what i'm about to say that that sequence at the end where he's black and covered in stars and moving all jerky was the most terrifying thing in the world to me as a kid. Like, hated it, had to leave the room, couldn't deal with it. I think because to this day, and you know this, if there's one thing that gets me in a horror movie, it's when something moves unnaturally. (laughs) And I'm 90% sure it stems from this music video. (laughs) That's hilarious. So it's just a childhood trauma that you can't see ever again. <laughs> I had to face it head on. And watching that part now, I'm like, it's, I mean, I guess it's weird, but it's not run out of the room screaming like I guess I must have done as a child. No, that would have been terrifying. I think the whole claymation part would have been terrifying for me. Like anything that was off the cusp of like looking normal, I was just it ruined me as a child like I remember there was a Backstreet Boys video again that my sister loved and it was like a scary movie video that they made and Backstreet's I could not... back bracket uh, everybody end bracket or everybody bracket Backstreet's back close bracket is that the one where they're like zombie-ish or yeah I don't know yeah I couldn't do it it terrified me <laughs> this has been another episode of it's the one with the guy in the thing <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you are just ready for that because this is how I talk about everything with you. You know that movie where like Jessica Chastain did that thing and she was really cool and you're like, that one. Mama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we're, getting, we're actually getting close to 15 minutes. So Here we go. Now we, we have to end it. Go, we should go probably back to the wrap this video. up. Um, yeah, I guess it wouldn't have made a huge impression on you now, but you got to at least acknowledge like, good job, guys. Oh, I yeah, I was reading about it too. It 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 took sixteen hours to film, and it's impressive. It's totally impressive, like from a theatrical point of view. But it was also just like really confusing for first thing in the morning to watch. Yeah. Also, to clarify, it was sixteen hours of Peter Gabriel lying under a sheet of glass, but the whole thing actually took <gasps> a week. No. Yeah. I thought the whole thing was 16 hours and I was no. like, wow, that's long. Just his portion <laughs> was 16 hours of him like lying under a sheet of glass while they did all his stuff and then uh, presumably everything around it like animating the fruit face and the wow, the chicken dance added up to a week. So Wow. Yeah, that's in, that's insane. So there you go. There that's it our is. sledgehammer segment. Yeah. Thank you Kim for joining us for this uh episode 100 celebration. Woo, the journey 100. to 200 begins soon so start thinking of some cool stuff to do some really good stuff because i don't know how much longer i can keep this going so we gotta <laughs> knock out the really good stuff so we don't have any regrets so we don't look back and go like god damn it why did we never do dante's peak oh god why i we could come up with some things challenge accepted 
Perfect. The All next right. 200 will be fantastic. Yes, much more Pierce Brosnan, much more volcanoes. Those are two promises I can make <laughs> you right now, audience. Those are fantastic movies. I've, I love those movies. Me too. Or, so look forward to Was there just one or was there two? There was Volcano and there was Dante's Peak. Okay, okay. I think I've only seen... No, I've seen both. I've definitely seen both. Episode, Anyways. Episode 117, guys. Look out for it. It's going to be one of those movies. Bye, everyone. Say bye, Kim. Bye, everyone. At least everyone. you can do. <laughs> I have, okay, we will have one episode within the next 100 where I will confidently hit my cues. All right, that's our other promise. More <laughs> volcanoes, more Pierce Brosnan, more greeting confidence from Kim. Okay, bye, everyone. Perfect. <laughs> Drop one on, it's time to jam. The episode 100 boat keeps afloating because I think I used a train analogy last time. So the, the propellers of the episode 100 boat continue to churn the waters as we move into our next segment where I am joined by... Mel. Mel, thank you for joining us here <laughs> for episode 100. Yeah. Um, as a fun game, can you name your first ever episode? Do you know what your... Oh my goodness, that is a great question. First? No, I do believe I know it was uh, Big Trouble in Little China. It was Big Trouble in Little China all the way back and I think like episode 21, 22. Yeah. So that... you've, you've been on board since almost the beginning. So thank you for being around for the last, what's that math, 78 episodes? Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel so special. <laughs> and you should. <laughs> so today we are here to talk about the Mentos commercials from the 1990s. Heck yes. Do you remember these? You know what? There was a couple I did and for sure it, it was like I had seen them yesterday. Yeah. And there was a couple I was like, what? I don't ever remember this one. So Were the two you remembered park bench paint and lifting up the small car? Because those were definitely the two that I was immediately on board with. Oh, 100%. Like, I saw that pinstripe suit, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then the other one I think I remembered was when he got in the back of the car to cross the road. I only remember that one because of the Foo Fighters video that, that oh. parodies it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that uh, Foo Fighters thing. Yeah, those were the three that I remembered most. The other ones were just kind of like, oh, no, that's wrong. The shoe one. Yeah. The high heels. Um, I guess let's set it up for those. I mean, most people, I think, probably were, these commercials were huge back yes. in the day. Uh, again, a, a pre-internet time where you would just have word of mouth of, you see those weird breath mint commercials where the people act all weird? So, or how about a time where commercials were awesome? Like, yeah, in or, general? Or a time where people put effort into their commercials versus just, yo, we made a new car and here's the price if you want to buy it. Yeah, I, I honestly forgot a little bit about how much I love commercials or, you know, what's the best when your parents like taped on the v VHS, uh, like something that was on TV and then you got to rewatch all of those old commercials from like McDonald's and stuff. Oh and you get yeah. Warm, warm, one, of my, fuzzy feeling. one of my favorite VHSs that I still have and I, I should fire it up to make sure it, is, it hasn't been eroded over time is a bunch of Saturday yeah. morning cartoons where I didn't tape over the commercials or didn't stop recording them. So it's just That's these like, all, like a tape full of 1993 cartoons and commercials that, oh, I got to bust those back out because, man, that would be fun. 
my mom tapes like all the Christmas specials. So we have all the like Coca-Cola Santa ones. and <sighs> That's even better. I know. Like I can imagine them. Although sometimes you can run across them on YouTube too when you're looking for like an old episode of something. Oh yeah, and they're they definitely, they are definitely right there. on there. Um, but it's not like the real deal when you have it on the VHS for sure. No, it's not yeah. as authentic. It, I agree. Uh, I guess let's... Let's, let's, uh, let's set it up. Every Mentos ad follows the same formula. We get our do, 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 wah uh, to kick off our jingle. And then the Mentos jingle plays in the background with lyrics that I looked up and they don't make any sense. It's, it doesn't matter what comes. Fresh goes better in life. And Mentos is fresh and full of life. So those are our lyrics as a, we encounter a human being who has encountered a problem. And they don't know how to solve this problem. And then they pop a Mentos, which I guess cools their hot head and allows them to think rationally. And then they, you know, they, using the power of Mentos, come up with an offbeat solution to their problem. All the while, a second person is always watching them intently to see what they're doing. And goes from kind of disapproving to, oh, I see what you're doing. And then by the end, full on, like, approval of, like, you crazy motherfucker. Oh, I, I was convinced by the end of this. I was like, so our world would be a better place if we all had more Mentos. Apparently, <laughs> because no one in these commercials acts like a human being would ever act. This is an, like a bunch of aliens made an ad campaign about what they think humans' problems are and interactions are like. The one definitely that stood out is the one you described where a woman breaks the heel off her shoe. And the solution does not require a Mentos, I don't think. Because her solution is she just breaks the heel off the other shoe. But yeah. all the while, there's this businessman at an outdoor cafe just watching her and giving these 110% acting overreactions to everything that she's doing. Like, oh my God, this is <laughs> How the craziest thing I've ever seen. How is she ever going to get herself out of this predicament? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you crazy lady. Some of them are... Also unrealistic because I feel like the person who instigates the problem wouldn't be okay with it. Like the guy who tries to get into the sold out rock concert and then gets past the ticket taker who says they're sold out by pretending to be part of the, the crew that unloads the truck. I feel like instead of looking at him and going, oh, you, you bested me with your Mentos, she would just come over and go, this man doesn't work here and he has to leave the premises. I know. <laughs> All reasoning went out, but... I'm glad that you mentioned that, Skip, because that ticket booth lady has definitely been in a lot since then. I don't know her name, but there were two people in these commercials that I was like, oh, they've gone on to have moderate success. I forgot to look her up. I thought I recognized the woman who whose dress rips when she's getting out of the car and she solves he, the problem by just ripping the rest of it and creating a shorter dress. Is that not Andy from Dawson's Creek? Oh, maybe it was. I felt like I'm gonna that's look it up right now. I thought she was. But yeah, it was. Her, I was gonna mention that to you too. That's who I thought it was. And then the ticket booth lady. I feel like she's like the person they use to be like a mean nurse or something in movies. Or I could see that. Or like yeah, a mean character. But I've definitely seen her in things. Uh, yeah, I can't seem to find who that actor was, but I swear she looked familiar. I just got a bunch of matches about Jennifer Lawrence ripping her dress at a, some sort of yeah, award show. If I can. That's not what I wanted. 
Um, other problems encountered, we have a, a guy who, who's playing soccer with, with his boys and he kicks the soccer ball across a hedge that ends up landing <laughs> in an outdoor wedding that happens to be taking place right next door to where they're playing soccer. And he's like, I just got to go in and get my soccer ball. And the, the stuck up, you know, guy who they hired to prevent people from getting into their wedding, I guess. Yeah. Like, nah, son, you're not getting into this you wedding. Need, you need that. Yeah, apparently this is such an, I mean, I guess it looked like a fancy wedding. So he picks some flowers out of a big vase that's nearby, hands it to the bride, and then walks in. Except, again, the problem is he walks by the guy who already knows you shouldn't be here, who then watches him give flowers to the bride and walk right in. But no, he can still say, no, that doesn't change anything. Get the fuck out. Well, exactly. Like, or I'll get your ball. You stay here. Yeah. Like, I'll They're all so impressed that, oh, you you mentosed me. You you did it. (laughs) Come on in and get your ball. Also, the bride and groom would go, we didn't invite the guy wearing the jeans and the flannel shirt tied around his waist. Please have him removed. Or how about, like, maybe not play... Like, surely you would know that there's a wedding going on next door, so maybe just don't play soccer in your backyard that day because you know. Take the day off. Go somewhere else to play soccer. He's a little, I, I felt like he looked like a grown man. I'm like, why are you playing soccer by yourself in the backyard? Like, that seems like you would do that when you're 10. Not, am I wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. No, it's, I, I certainly oh, okay. haven't. I don't know. We'd have to ask Rob. As the okay, resident, that's true. As the resident footy he's expert. Be, yeah. Take that back. You put it into a different context that I understand. <laughs> I have, a, I have a question about one of the commercials. There's one where a guy and his friends are in the mall and then he turns around and sees oh. a woman like excitedly Chasing coming me? towards them. Are we, but and then he, pre- he? Yeah. Are we to understand that that's his mom? I was like, did I just miss something? Who is this woman? Why is she chasing him? And yeah. why doesn't he want her to find him? I watched it twice to see if I missed some context. And no, it's just he, he looks behind him and he sees this old woman with an umbrella, like excitedly coming up on them. And then he pretends to be a mannequin. And then she, she's going down the escalator and he holds the Mentos out to be like, fuck you, I bested you. It's like, ah, except she could, you know, go back the other escalator and go back up. But, but she was like, nah, you got me because you yeah. got Mentos. So Nothing I can do now except just go home, I guess. Yeah, that one I didn't. Um, I, if, if he was making, sorry. like, getting away from security or something, maybe. But as far as I can tell, it was just his mom. And she was yeah, excited and, to see him. Or his great. Like, it just didn't make sense. But I just want to say that I was right. Meredith Monroe is the girl who played Andy. And she was on that commercial. That- okay. Cool. I'm glad you so, solved that problem because that was yeah. bu- actually bugging me that I, I knew I recognized her from something. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I don't think that you did. Also, I just want to say for the record that I feel that this actress looks a lot like someone, you know, personally. Is it you? No. Do you think she looks like you? No, I think she looks like someone you know that I won't say her name on the podcast. I don't okay. think her name has you can, been released. Okay. I'll you can tell you. me once we stop recording. Okay. Um, I don't and know I if I have a whole lot to you. I'm looking at my notes and 
Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. I guess we shouldn't talk about it too much. <laughs> this is if it's yeah. supposed to be a secret. Now people are just listening to us talk about secrets. But I know. That's yeah. True. Okay. I can kind of see what you're getting at. Yeah. If you look at our images, I that's why I was like, I don't know. I do that. I see someone, and then I always make the celebrity look like. I don't know why my brain works like that, but that's who. Yeah. All right. Well, I gotta anyway. start. I gotta start winding us down because these the segments already getting kind of long. I know. Uh, no, th- it has literally happened with every single segment I've recorded okay. so far. We start so we to discover, to oh, wow, we could probably do a full episode about this 10-minute <laughs> thing. Um, well, in Mentos rule, we need more Mentos in our life, and commercials from the 80s and 90s are way better than what we have now. Yeah, as much as it's a super stupid time capsule of the 90s and a ridiculous ad with humans acting like cartoon characters. It is, yes, it is nice to see an actual campaign with a format and yeah. But to, and I, not to start a whole new thing, but I was just like, oh, it's just so happy and light. Like we don't have anything just happy and light anymore. You know? No. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is beyond. It is just a bunch of people hopped up on life. In a in and Mentos, in an alarming True. way. <laughs> Did we have a cocaine problem in the nineties? I don't know. Like, I think. <laughs> I mean, I assume we usually do, but yeah, probably. And I would not be surprised if it was just people on a boardroom <laughs> table snorting lines and going, "Okay, so a girl and her boyfriend are in their bedroom making out, and the parents are coming. Right? What are they gonna do? Pop a Mentos? They're getting a facial. The fresh maker." <laughs> It's totally possible. <laughs> Which they would not have been able to pretend they were getting a facial in the time because it showed their parents were already up the stairs and about to barge oh. into the room and then all of a sudden they're in their bathrobes with a bunch of cream on their faces. No. Anything, anything's possible with Mentos. Though. Apparently, yes. Apparently. Mentos can not yeah. only give you great ideas but allow you to defy time and physics. <laughs> the fresh maker. It's true. I feel like I better go out and buy some immediately. I already have some. Oh. I can tell you firsthand, it has not given me any great ideas. Yet. Okay, I was like, wait a minute, I thought... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not really popping them other when I have a problem other than I don't have a Mentos, and then I pop one and the problem is solved, so maybe it is working. Well, then, yeah, there you oh. go. All right, well, thank you, Mel, for joining us here <laughs> for Thanks, episode 100. John. And here is to 100 more, or like 20. I'll settle for 20. See you in episode 101. It's already been planned. Yeah, so I'm excited. We'll drop it right that. here in case everyone was like, oh, on the back half of... This doesn't count as part of the 10 to 15 minutes. This is extra. This is bonus okay. material. Uh, if anyone's wondering if on the other side of 100, we're going to get classy and kick things off with Gandhi or Lawrence of Arabia, rest assured, no, drop dead Fred. <laughs> so look forward <laughs> to drop dead Fred. Episode 101. On to the next thing. Drop one on. It's time to jam. All right. Let's keep this train right rolling into our next segment. Joining me for this one, we have... Amanda. Renee. And <laughs> Renee. So long. These are supposed to be 10 <laughs> I know, minutes. I was like... Uh, that <laughs> you was just ate up right there. five We're seconds. We're done. <laughs> uh, thank you both for joining me here on episode 100. For funsies, can you both 
name what your first episode was. I haven't been playing this game with anyone else, so it's not like it's going to be a theme. It just hit me right now that it's a thing I could do. I think I know what Amanda's was. Probably you would know better than I would. Mine is Big Shiny Tunes. Yep, episode 34. Yeah, and I believe Amanda's was Stand By Me. Episode 65. Uh, Checked. Uh, Today we are doing, I guess it's officially called Stay Alert, Stay Safe. Yes. These were PSAs that I personally remember just being segmented between cartoons or whatever. Yeah. You know, hey, we have 30 seconds to fill between... Garfield and Friends and Looney Tunes. <laughs> so here's a whole thing about how strangers want to murder you. Yep. It, yeah. <laughs> that's how I remember them it too. It in pretty quickly. It does. It, idea. It, like everyone is out to get you. What I didn't realize that apparently this seven minute video was a VHS tape they handed out at Canadian Tire. <laughs> Did I you have to know, buy anything, was, or were they just like, thanks for coming? To, do you know? You nodded, Renee, like you might. No, well, I thought you were going somewhere else about why the videos were made. Did any of you look that up? No. no. Do I want to okay. know? So in the 80s, an 11-year-old girl was murdered uh, in Toronto. She was like... Episode 100! Yeah. She was a runner, and she she was doing really well. And anyways, they featured her on the news or something. And her mom, as a result of her murder, made these stay alert, stay safe videos to help protect other kids. Because that's what happened. Like, this guy called around. I was just reading an article about it, like, looking specifically for her. And she answered the phone. I was going to spend 10 minutes making fun of stay alert, stay safe. And now I don't think I can. Now now (laughs) you feel bad about it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was all ready to be like, oh, the animation's so bad. It is. But yeah. Now. But hmm. uh, no, but I mean, I don't know. I think they were good videos. I rewatched them. And my kids definitely don't understand stranger danger. They do and they don't. They, uh, when we're at home and like driving down, like biking down the road or like walking down the road, they'll talk to our neighbors that I don't really want them talking to them, you know? But that's so, just because you're, you're an asshole. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also, I don't want them stopping and talking to people that we don't really know when I'm not there, you know? And yes, for sure. These videos are not around for my kids to like get brainwashed by. But that's yeah. it. I was, Is there no equivalent that's on right? Like, see, I don't have kids. I don't know what's on TV during kids programming. Like, does so anything? I can at least confirm. I guess we should quickly run through what what it are. is. Uh, yeah. So it's Bert and Gert. They are two Great gangly names. humanoid rabbits who I guess are brother and sister. Yeah. Does that clarify? They yes. are. Okay. Yes. And they teach you about things like hey, don't get in that car with that guy who pulls up and is like, I can give you a ride to your house. Uh, yep. So that's one of them. Don't get into a car with a stranger. We don't have, answer the door yeah, don't, when you're not home. Don't answer or the door when, if your parents aren't home. When you're not home, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, when your parents aren't home, don't answer the phone when you're, or you can answer the phone, but don't make them aware that your parents aren't yeah. home as yeah. well. Like, it's a good idea to cover up the phone and go like, hang on, just a sec. Dad, where are you going with that chainsaw? Oh, oh, you're putting it in the gun cabinet with all the guns. That's a good place. Uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. What was that? Oh, yeah, my dad's yeah. here. I think those are the main ones. Yeah. Oh, and don't go to dark alleys. Yeah, don't stay with your friends. On. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Even if yeah. you're running late and your parents are going to be mad at you, they'd rather you come home alive than take a shortcut down a scary alley with syringes and people out to kill you yeah exactly yeah uh all that to say to answer amanda's question uh there's this thing on youtube and i'm sure there's a bunch of it but the one i know is called baby bus and it's a bunch of different songs and videos and our oldest has it on sometimes and they cover a lot of the same stuff like someone like it's all done with like cartoon animals and stuff and in one there's like a wolf who's knocking at the door to be like oh your parents called and they need someone to come and look at the house and i'll be like like stupid penguins like i'm gonna let this guy in and then his friend penguin uh, other friend penguin is like motherfucker no like we don't know who this is call dad and then they call dad like did you order he's like no do not let that guy in immediately set the house on fire and then that's yeah, that's go grab the AK. Things, yeah. And are those in the, things in the like, leg through the mail slot? <laughs> in between those, do you have the Momo videos as well on YouTube? No. No, but you know what I mean? No. <laughs> but but this this video you're talking about is on YouTube? Yeah. Or, te- or television. YouTube. I can't okay. say we haven't had cable in about two years, so I can't okay. say for sure what is happening in that realm. But okay. yeah, we haven't either. But I, there wasn't really anything that was PSA oriented for kids when I had it. So wow, I know. Also, there's an episode of Blippy where he addresses Stranger Danger, and it makes me laugh every time because he says, "You know, before I go, I have two things I want to say." And one of the first is like, kids, don't ever get in a car with strangers. And he has this whole thing. And then his second thing is for parents to hashtag him on Instagram. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Every time it makes me laugh. That, that's like, his man. real goal there. Is, hey, kids, don't, don't get about, murdered. Don't hey, parents, exactly. make me popular on Twitter. Yeah. I want the uh, money. What I liked about um, Bert and Gert was that they were like really small segments. Like even all four of them stitched together in that video that we watched it was only seven minutes but then a lot of it was cut out so it was really easily digested like as a kid yeah. and it stuck with you right yeah. yeah oh yeah i remembered all of like as each segment started i remembered exactly what was going to happen yeah they and it's got a really catchy theme song and it's interesting it's a seven minute video about two minutes of that are theme music <laughs> and 45 seconds of it are the end credits so it's like three and a half minutes, really, yeah. of important, everyone's trying to murder you content. And you know what? Bert and Gert are still cool because they're riding hoverboards. And in I the know. 80s, in the 80s, hoverboards were cool because of uh, Back, Back to the to Future. future part two. And hoverboards are still cool today. In, in theory, what we've gotten as a hoverboard is not very cool, but... Whatever. But no, they it, had like legit hoverboards like floating in the air. Yeah, I appreciate that they didn't try and make Bert and Gert 
cool, like 90s cool, like a cat with sunglasses or some shit. <laughs> or whatever 90s cool would have been like, oh man, getting in a car with stranger is not fly. Or I don't know yeah. what that would have looked like. But yeah, no, like they said like cool dudes. Like. Yeah. They're kind of dorks. Just yeah. fine. I made one. I didn't make a lot of notes. I did note that the animation is not very good, but now knowing its origins, it can be forgiven because it was probably a pretty small team working on it. The things I noted. Yeah, but it was references probably to keep your radar working. For... Which I assume your radar is your ability to tell if someone's trying to get you. Your spidey senses. Yeah. 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 I wish I had one on my wrist that would come up and like activate like it does in the show. Yes. And just, so like it could tell me like, hey, Amanda, your boss is creeping up behind you <laughs> and it's going to ruin your day. You better like run off to the bathroom right now. Yeah. That's a pretty different kind of radar though. It is, yeah. but it's still like trust it your teaches, instincts. Yeah. Your gut. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, hey, also- I, st- I still trust my gut today. Um, there was a weird car that had been parked outside like our property for an extended period of time into the evening. So I noticed it at six. It was still there at 930. So I called the cops. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. She was just testing your radar. Exactly. Right? I wanted to make sure you were still on top of it. But I had this feeling that, like, this isn't something this isn't was wrong. Normal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, very quick police uh, response. Oh, despite, that's good. Despite my remoteness. That is that's good. That's rare. Yeah. I'm glad that you and the police were paying attention to Bert and Gert. You yeah. knew exactly how to handle the situation. I also wrote Stay alert. their advice at one point. I think it's if someone's trying to grab you is to just fall to the ground and keep spinning. And- yeah. Which I thought was pretty good tip. I don't remember it's true. That. It's kind of... No, at the, at the very end? I think it was one of the last things they said. Like, like you're, you're harder to hold if you too. fall on the yeah. ground oh. and spin around. Yeah. <laughs> I also yeah, noted I that, that in the segment where the uh, stranger comes to the door, when he's, the kid is flipping through channels, one of the things he's watching is a Western where the cowboy takes two lollipops out of his holster. And I just needed to note that. Oh, I, I didn't pick up on that. Oh, there's I didn't a... watch that closely. I was too worried about the message, not what was visually happening there. There's also, I forget which segment it is, where they ask the kid, you know, what, would you, what do you do in this situation? And then he answers it. And he answers it correctly. And they go, oh, have you seen this video before? Which was <laughs> yes. weird because that means Bert and Gert are self, like they're actors. Yeah. <laughs> and those might not even be their real names. They might not even I be think, siblings. I think they should bring them back. I think so. Yeah. Everything that's happening here is, if anything, probably a bigger problem now. Bert and Gert could tackle the internet. It's true. Bullying on that's the internet. A big one. Ooh. Yeah. Let's see how those hoverboards react to that. Yeah. What are you going to do in this situation, Daniel? I'm going to call them a fucker. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell them to go kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to write in the comments section okay? that their bathing suit the is ugly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. There, there yeah. are so many people who could benefit from some internet etiquette training. Agreed. I bet it's out there, but it's not being delivered by two teenaged rabbits on hoverboards, so I'm not yeah. interested in any of it. Exactly. True. It's the only way you'll hold my attention, really. <laughs> yep. If it, yeah, exactly. If it's just going to be two humans, you'll turn that right off and be like, what do you guys know about the world? Yeah. <laughs> it does bring me back, though, because like, I remember having, I don't remember what it is, but I remember having the secret family password in case my parents Ooh. had to send somebody to pick me or my brother up. And uh, they had to say the password to make sure that they sent them and we weren't just going with some rando making up. Yeah, I know your mom. She sent me here. That's, that's really that's really smart. My wife and I have that, but only to let the other person know to take them seriously about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> like, no joke, we have a secret word. If so, if the other person says it, if they're talking about a, like, I swear to God, I saw a ghost in the attic. And then you say that word, the other person immediately knows, like, oh, you're not, like, okay. You're fucking around, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, we have never had to invoke it in over a decade plus. We have, there's been a couple of, like, Is we have the running joke of, like, oh, that was almost a situation. <laughs> wow. Yours is probably better. We should probably, because we already plan to pass that on to our, our daughters. Like, now, if ever you see, like, you know, a see-through man in the basement, <laughs> here's the word to use. Oh, my God. <laughs> not to scare the shit out of you or anything. Yeah. But Although, really, any man in the happens. basement that's not daddy, exactly. we should have a word for that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. Whether he's corporeal or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, and another thing that r reminded me of my childhood that I, I don't even see anymore, which still exists, is a block parent program. Yeah. So I remember oh, walking yeah, to school. Oh, yeah, we were block parents. Like they, Yeah, they would have, like, honestly, probably every five, like, fifth house had one of those signs in their, in their front window. And now, like, I don't see them ever. Like, no. I thought it didn't exist anymore. And I looked it up and it does still exist. I guess people just aren't willing to help children anymore. Well, and it might also be that it's along <laughs> school routes. True. And because you like to distance yourself from children, you're likely not on a school. 100% for sure. I would not be part of the block parent program. Um, if there was something the complete opposite of it, <laughs> I would have that in my window. I will actively yeah. make the situation worse. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> you probably don't want to ring my doorbell. Yeah. I went to her and she unless, just took my shoes and to shut the door. A, a bunch of children for you. If you want me to beat yeah. up kids, knock on my door. If you just need help, then uh, please. Yeah. Go see my neighbor. <laughs> hey, kid, looks like this lunch peg bag belongs to me now. Good luck next time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Got any dinner notes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Backpacks, fuck yes. <laughs> Slam. Have a good day. <laughs> and you have, you have a smaller shoe size, too. So you'd be that, that adult who, like, likes the kids' nice designer shoes. Yeah. You'd be like, like, are you a tall child? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Oh, what do you got? Okay. Your parents. Oh, your parents spent a lot of money on you. All right. I'll take those. I'm just teaching you a lesson. Valuable lesson. Yeah. Materialism yeah. will never make you happy. Well, exactly. me, it does. Give me your hat. 
This is my hat now. Um, all right. I think that's stay alert. That's stay stay alert. Nice. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? That's a no. Um, thank <laughs> no. you. Oh, I, 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 I still do. want a hoverboard. Yeah. Thank you for letting me be part of episode 100. Yeah, of course. I'm very Thanks. honored. It wouldn't have been episode 100 if, if you two weren't here. Aww. So thank you both for joining me today for uh, an experiment that I really hope works out. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> And if not, we we've remembered how to stay alert and stay safe in the process. Exactly. Stay alert. Stay, stay safe. Stay safe. I thought everyone was going to join in at once. Yeah, way to fun. go, Renee. That was fine. You dropped the ball oh, on that. Episode one hundred. Drop one on. It's time to jam. I kick off these things by saying, "Welcome." I'm not gonna. Uh, the episode one hundred plane hasn't landed yet. It's circling the airport which I'm realizing is a perfect analogy as I say this out loud, because if you've listened to the Die Hard 2 episode where that happens, you know our, our current guests joining me for this next short segment we have. Jordan and Wads. And we're going to do... Did anybody watch the G.I. Joe cartoon here? I believe no. Never. Nope. So to continue on odd running theme we've ended up with in episode 100, which is fictional characters telling children what to look out for in the world because we've done a couple of things like this now uh every episode or at least i think every episode most episodes of gi joe at the very least would end with a 30 second segment where kids find themselves in a precarious situation and a member of the gi joe squad not even shows up happens to always already be there (laughs) to help with the problem and you know, gives us the, the viewing audience advice to make sure that these kinds of situations can never happen again. And it's that's basically, and then we will, we'll, we'll do the, we'll end the segment, I think with the, no, because we have to talk about that. Uh, every segment ends with, after the kids get, have the wisdom partaken or partook upon them, they say, well, let's, let's go through it. And now I know. Knowing's half the Knowing battle. is half the battle. <laughs> so thank you for shedding light on the fact that those uh, usually took place at the end of the episode. Because I, I was sitting there being like, is this like specifically developed as a PSA? Like it just airs on TV randomly. But now I know that it's like at the end of each episode. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> that was a big thing in the 80s and 90s. I don't know if any, I don't watch enough cartoons now to know. But at the end, there was a big thing where people would come on like pro stars, which Jordan, we did with, uh, with Rob. The where the actual superstars would come in on the end and be like, "Don't fucking deal with peer pressure, kids. <laughs> Don't deal with that nonsense." Or like, there was a Jackie Chan cartoon, and Jackie Chan would come on at the end and be like, "Hey, if someone messes with you, punch him in the junk." <laughs> Probably, I don't remember. There was a Chuck Norris one, Mr. T. They all had, and then at the end, they'd be like, "Ah, pity the fools." You'd be like, "I just I remember will. Pinky." P- I just remember Pinky and Brain at the end just saying. We'll try to conquer the world again tomorrow. That's, that's yeah. That was like the, the wisdom pieces. But that's not helpful to children. <laughs> Look at all the lessons we learned here. What did we learn? We learned most things are Billy's fault. Billy, was, yeah, that was the best. There was at least three episodes. Like, Billy, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, they tried to sewer Billy just constantly too. You know, don't blame Billy for throwing a ball through the window. That was my favorite one. They're playing catch <laughs> and they throw a ball through the window. It's like, it's like Billy did it. And then <laughs> Billy just hanging out with his truck. 
And if anything, though, because they always, when the G.I. Joe shows up, the kids are never like, what the fuck is going on? They always immediately know which G.I. Joe it is. And man, the G.I. Joes have some fucking stupid names. Barbecue? Yeah. Barbecue. <laughs> I have to look that up. Be like, is this real? <laughs> snow Job was the guy, the snow guy, which, sure, I get it. But also. Yeah, yeah I looked up some of the names after I saw this episode, too, like Crankcase. Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Dial- Slaughter, I don't think, came to provide any advice, though. Skidmark? Skidmark. Skid- <laughs> this one's not bad. I would have liked to have seen Sergeant Slaughter's advice, though. He would have just rolled up on Billy and be like, you gonna take that shit? He broke that window, you break their legs. Is Sergeant Slaughter a bad guy? It sounds like he would be, but I don't think so. Isn't he, wasn't he like a... Rob, you can tell us. You can email us and let us know. I think he was a <laughs> WWF wrestler who they translated over to G.I. Joe. Oh, really? Uh, but I don't know if he was a good guy or not in the in the WWF world. So they weren't all good guys in G.I. Joe? Well, no. I mean, there's like Cobra Command and Snake Eyes and all those dudes, but they didn't show up to give the children advice because <laughs> they would have just sat aside and been like, good, blame Billy. Why'd you throw you the should... ball out the window, Billy? <laughs> Kick him harder. <laughs> if that one they had kid one falls them. off a cliff and almost dies, it would have just been like, yes. Yes, Billy. Billy did it. But Don't tread the water. Try to buy the candy bar. Oh, what was that one? Yeah, they, they, they had a, an apple. <laughs> they had a, like a soccer game or something coming up. And they're like, let's eat a candy bar. And then they all, the G.I. Joe rolls in. And he's like, no, idiot. That won't give you the energy you need. Eat this apple. And then they all stand and eat apples in a supermarket that they haven't paid for. Yeah, what a good legend. So the, legend. The, fun, the one I found funny was the, um, um, the glasses one. Basically, like, it was like getting glasses makes you good at sport. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> Not <yeah>. really. <laughs> no, we know. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> There should have been in that Apple one an inception level of G.I. Joe's-ness where after the first G.I. Joe has them eating apples they haven't paid for, a second G.I. Joe has to come in and be like, hang on, guys, that's technically shoplifting. That's thievery. You haven't paid for these yet. Don't don't listen to strangers. <laughs> Yo, yeah, that was that was a big lesson in that. I guess it's still now, but it's a lot of these seem like pretty surface level things that kids should already know like the strangers one and don't lie but you know what the the nosebleed one growing up i didn't know that i used to like when i get a nosebleed i actually like would go backwards and then i learned in my adult life that you're not supposed to do that so i'm like that would have been a good one (laughs) that's true actually i would do the same thing uh okay so we did learn a little little something from this yeah, it's not bad. I felt like the kids were 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Around that I feel like I wasn't like eating medicine in my parents' cabinets or, you know, trying to jump down a ravine or sewering Billy on the, the schoolyard. Jordan, you got reflectors on your bike? Eh? Ooh, I don't. No. It wasn't even that he, dark. He, he hasn't learned segment. anything. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know what's wrong. That's the difference. You know, the sun was still up when they were biking, and then almost get crushed by a GI Joe. <laughs> at least, at least that one makes sense. And the other ones, the GI Joes always just kind of pop their head out like they were just around the corner. At least in that one, it is the GI Joe that almost runs them over with his car. Mm-hmm. So I have a question: mm-hmm. If knowing is half the battle, what's the other half? Doing, doing <laughs> the thing, I guess. Right? Just battling, I guess. At that point. <laughs> yeah. 
which I would argue is not true. Because if I right now say, I know I want to be a doctor, not 50% of the way done the task. (laughs) According to G.I. Joe, you are. Apparently I am. 50% battle. Or combat, I guess. I feel like the G.I. Joe pie chart is not accurate. (laughs) I mean, I, I... I guess in these situations, like the kids who deal really well with learning that if you stay in water when there's lightning, you could die. And the G.I. Joe, who he might have been my favorite appearance because he's just wearing this bubble diving suit and he just comes smashing out of the water. It's like, the fuck out? Oh, no. And then within five seconds of getting these two kids out of the water, the first one's like, I'm not a pussy. I'm going to stay or something like that. Uh, The lightning strikes the water. And they, the one kid is like, that could have been me. He is going to have an existential crisis for weeks. It's, it's like the whole Matrix thing, you know, when he's like, don't, when uh, the Oracle's like, don't worry about the vase. And he's like, what vase? And he turns around and breaks it. So it's like, if you told me to stay in the water, would it still hit? Or did I get out? And then the electric field messed up. And that's why it hit the water where I was. <laughs> and those are the questions that poor kid is going to be haunted by. <laughs> You never should have saved me, Hawkeye. You should have let me die. Uh, I, think we, I think they should, be, uh, they should be re-recorded, and then we should have like, the Avengers do them. Because that's <laughs> all I can think about. It's relevant to, to know. If there was an <laughs> Avengers cartoon, guaranteed live-action Captain America would show up at the end and be like, hey, kids, you may have saw in tonight's episode that Billy did a line of cocaine on his parents' <laughs> bathroom mirror. Don't. <laughs> And then Deadpool would just Deadpool would just show up and fuck with them. Like, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, do more coke. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get into the drug stuff except for the like the medicine cabinet. So they didn't right. go too hard into those kinds of lessons. Would it say the alcohol? Oh. Yeah. Would it say on the bottle? I was trying to read it when it went to the medicine I couldn't cabinet. Tell. I was like, what does that say? What is uh, Billy's dad on? I'm curious <laughs> now. What's he hitting? I'm just gonna make sure I'm not. <laughs> Because I mean, we're probably getting close to having to wrap this up. Uh, I just wrote snow job. Everything is Billy's <laughs> fault. These GI Joes have impeccable timing. That lightning kid almost died! Exclamation mark. Oh, I just wrote. I ran away from home just because that segment made me laugh. Because it literally <laughs> opens with one character encountering another character and going, "I ran away from home. My parents are so mean." And then the GI Joe shows up, and his lesson is, "What if you just go back home?" Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. How good was also, the guitar riff, though? Which guitar riff? Something like that. Is it weird? I don't remember <laughs> that. Was it in every what? segment? It's, it's like in the background, like every single segment. Oh, yeah. I was too focused on the lessons. Oh, yeah, same just here. Just fair. I also learned that you cannot hide in fridges because they can't lock themselves. So. Oh, yeah. That was another. If you're playing hide and seek <laughs> in a junkyard, don't get into any old fridges. <laughs> Another very close, you know, a, a, a child was slowly suffocating to death in an abandoned fridge. And when the Australian G.I. Joe saves him, he's just like, oh, thank you for that. It's like, Again, no, that kid is going to face some real harsh realities when he talks to his parents later. And they go, you were really close to dying. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I think that the overall lesson from all of this is you can do stupid shit because G.I. Joes are going to come out and save your ass. <laughs> Everyone gets one. Everyone gets one. Yes. <laughs> if after being saved from the lightning, Billy went on to try and shoplift 
he would just be in the police car going, it's okay, Snowjob's going to come and he's going to get me out of this. And it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> we can only be so many places at once, kid. Even though there are apparently a lot of us, because I don't think we saw a repeat in any of these segments. It was always someone different. It's worth There's noting, a whole too. list of them. There's a lot of G.I. Joes. Yeah, and it is worth noting, this is definitely not all of the PSAs. This was, I think, even the title said it was Video 6 or something. So oh, damn. There is a lot of knowledge still waiting for us. So does G.I. stand for Galvanized Iron Joe or Government Issue Joe? That's the question we is it definitely ourselves. one or the other? Do you know? You know, I looked it up I, and I, I, don't I couldn't know. find anything. I was like, maybe it's not a thing. It Maybe GI is just GI. It doesn't stand for anything. Does it? I don't know. I, no, I looked and uh, Galvanized Iron was one option and then Government Issue because oh. he's GI on like, the weapons back in the war for Government Issue. But huh. yeah, I don't know. Huh. Wikipedia, Wikipedia didn't say anything. and I mean, I trust Wikipedia. <laughs> government Issue Joe doesn't seem like a very cool one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Galvanized Iron sounds pretty cool. What does GI Joe stand for? Asks me to Google. It's just a slang name for someone in the military, so I guess it might not stand for anything. No, it's galvanized iron, maybe. Here we go. Huh. Official. Found out today. I think that's the perfect way to end this, because what did we just do? We, we learned. No, yes, yeah. we just so, learned so, something. So, so, so now, now, now we? Now we know. And, and knowing is half the battle. Gia Joe. Drop one on, it's time to jam. Advanced that's... warning, you should watch Snowpiercer because it's amazing. The, oh, the show. Yeah. I thought that was out. That movie yeah, is it's super good. awesome. It is really and the good. movie is really good, but it's very different. I mean, I recorded that, so we can keep that in. Perfect. perfect. That's All right. the now, now the world will know. Everybody, watch Snowpiercer. And if you thought you were safe to take your headphones out and call it a day with episode 100, put those shits back in. We are not finished yet i am not convinced we will ever be finished there's still more to do after this uh but for now joining me today you say your uh, names i don't say oh, people's oh, names oh, i was oh, like yeah. this feels like are the you, part where you introduce us sean yeah, no, what are you doing I, I make everyone else do the do the legwork oh okay it's drea i'm back baby and Curtis, I get dragged along. Yay! Thank you both. I don't know about that terminology, but thank you both so much for being here. Uh, you know, episode 100 we can, would be a, a blank void without your presence. So thank you both so much for for joining us here today. Congratulations, Sean! You did it. Oh my God, <laughs> that's like fighting your wife so hard. Yeah. Oh, we talked about that in our segment. <laughs> she called my bluff on 200. So. Oh, now, now you just gotta go. <laughs> Future challenge. Uh, we're here so today. A video game, right? We're talking about video games. I really hope you did the research. It was four and a half minutes worth of content. <laughs> we did. Okay. We watched the sweet, sweet corn pops commercials last night. Yes, from the eighties and mostly nineties. Do you remember these from back I in the day? I don't remember the ads, but I definitely remember the cereal. And the whole time we were watching the ads, I was like, those are the right shape. Yeah. Why aren't they circles? Yeah. Exact same thoughts. Why do they look like that? They kind of looked yeah. more like popcorn. Yeah, they which, did. Which makes a little bit more sense. Because here's, 
these commercials are fucking weird. And I remembered them vividly. And then my wife and I had a big conversation about how like, kind of depressing it was to see commercials we would have seen when we were eight years old and vividly remember them as though it wasn't that long ago. So this is a real existential crisis for us last night. So these commercials, they all have a formula. They, I would say what, pre-teen to early teens is the average age of these people we're watching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Encounter a scenario where corn pops are not immediately available to them. And we watch as they have a 15 to 20 second absolute mental collapse as they desperately try to obtain a corn pops fix. And it's the only thing that we can call it is a fix. Because the only thing that calms them down at the end is to get that, those sweet, sweet pops as the Jaws theme basically plays in the background. <laughs> um, and then we end with, gotta have my pops. Some of the scenarios that we encounter, well, almost all of the scenarios are just, I don't have corn pops, and the solution is always presented as, here are some corn pops. There's always corn pops in the house. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, it's not like we talked about the, uh, the Mentos ads in another segment where the whole thing is coming up with creative things. No one ever has to actually do anything to obtain the corn pops, usually. The solution is almost always, oh, here are some, in the end. I mean, all the, all the preteens are old enough to go to the store and find corn pops. It's not right? like they couldn't go. That's the other thing, is we are dealing with an age group where the problem could be solved with, wait, I have $2. Yeah. <laughs> There's why a store I, around the corner. Yeah. Why don't Except I for the guy who's trying to buy some and the vending machine breaks and he has to Fonzie his way into it <laughs> to get the corn pops out of it. With his face. He is trying to buy it. <laughs> While his internal monologue is going, everybody's looking at me and fucking laughing at me, man. It's like, I really don't think that's true. Look, I can't get a cereal out of the vending machine. Let's kick the shit out of him later. Well, that's what? how my high school went. Is that not how, like, I kicked the shit out of other people, but... Oh, so you were that guy. Yeah, I was that guy making fun of Absolutely, everyone. he was not. <laughs> was it to take their corn pops? Was that your dark corn pops commercial? Well, yeah, because I didn't have the $2 to get the corn pops, so I was waiting for somebody else to buy them. <laughs> yours, just, whole thing. yours just ended with holding shirt, punching in face, going, I gotta have my pops, <laughs> crying. Now, out of all of the commercials that we watched, um, none of them, like other than the theme of it, none of them really jumped out at me as, as something I remembered. Then I went searching on YouTube for a Corn Pops YTV commercial, and I found a commercial that immediately, like, yes, I remember this one exactly. Was it the girl and the guy in the grocery store? Good. Yes, yeah. and then yes, and then the the guy comes by and steals the Corn Pops. Yeah, the, the last box. Yeah, the store. Like, I, God, why can't I think of the word the, employee? The clerk? Jesus, that took yeah, me too long to sure. pull. Yeah, that one I remembered immediately. I think that yeah. one was probably, like, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, but exactly, like those types of things. And that, that one immediately jumped out at me as like, oh yeah, I remember this one. I know exactly what they're going to say. I know their names. Like, I know what's going to happen with this other guy coming in and grabbing it. Like, these ones jumped out at me for sure. And, and I, I did have a lot of corn pops when I was a kid. And I think these commercials directly attributed to me having lots of corn pops when I was a kid. It's effective in that seeing somebody 
willing to ruin other people's lives just to get a bowl of cereal as they jam it into their addict faces at the end of the segment. It's effective. It it is pretty delicious cereal. It's basically Captain Crunch without all the, like, disfiguring bits of having a second bowl. Without all the mouth hurt? Yeah. Yeah. Which would also be a decent tagline. (laughs) It's like Captain Crunch, but without the bleeding. (laughs) The, um... The girl in the the one where she's trying to buy it and they're camping and she's ready to murder her family and ruin the whole camping trip because this store doesn't have corn pops. Is that the girl from The Wizard? Uh, That's what I said. (laughs) That's exactly what I said. It is her, Uh, right? I didn't, I couldn't find, I didn't, maybe my Google game isn't strong enough. I couldn't find confirmation, but I feel like that was her. uh, What band does she sing in too? Is that Rilo, Rilo Kylie? No, it's Jenny Lewis, I think. No, the band she plays in. Oh, I have isn't, no isn't, idea. Isn't she the girl that's in? Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. But I don't know. I uh, can't say that I ever watched The Wiz. The Wizard. The Wizard of what? Just The Wizard. That's what the movie is called. The Wizard. I have not watched it. I'm uh, I'm 100 sure it's the girl from the. Yeah, Wizard. I just got confirmation. It is indeed her. Weird. There I'm was an, There was another one where I was like, that guy looks like Rufio from Hook. I'm not positive, but it definitely and, looked like him. And sorry, just 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 so that we're all on the same page, I am 100% correct. Jenny Lewis is the lead singer of Rilo Kylie. So, you know, oh, and oh, was, I remember um, things. He was I, on that Bill Murray's Christmas special thing. That's probably true. It was true because okay. we were watching it with my sister-in-law and she was like, oh, she's the lead singer of Rilo Kylie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why her voice is so familiar. She would probably prefer that over us going, you're from the wizard. So the guy, Rufio from Hook, he has not aged well. Oh, that's too bad. That is not very, <laughs> needed to know. not very Peter Pan of him. Mm-hmm. I was just like trying to look up and see if it's on his filmography, if he was on the commercials. And then the other, of course, famous, we have Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad fame in maybe the weirdest one of these ads where his parents are clearly holding an intervention. We don't ever find out for what, but they're clearly telling him you're acting really strange. We're concerned. I don't know if it's because of corn pops, but he spends the whole time just like, I just get to the point, just get to the point so he can get his cereal fix. And then agrees to something. Yeah. I, I imagine he's putting like cocaine in his cereal. I have to imagine all of them are right. Yeah. If or maybe just, like the parents don't know that he's got cocaine inside the cereal box. So like he's pouring it out and it's like, Oh, just have cereal, man. <laughs> That's all it is, man. That's all, we got to get eight more boxes, man. There was also, uh, gotta have in, my pops. Gotta have my <laughs> there was one where they actually Kellogg's talks mess about other Kellogg's cereal where they go, they're searching around the house desperately for corn pops. And they open up one of the pantries and go like, what about some all bran? And you see all bran and cornflakes. He's like, fuck that, man. No, I got to have my pops. I I do not remember that one, but that does sound right. (laughs) All bran is not an acceptable substitute. No, definitely not. (laughs) I like all bran. I mean, that's on top of other cereal, maybe as an adult, not as a teenager. No, at that age, definitely not. Now, yes. Oh my God. We need it for, you know, to help the bodies. So the one thing that I did enjoy about the slew of corn pops 
uh, commercials that we watched is there was quite a bit of diversity in it. Um, I noticed there was a lot of like African-American families and stuff like that. And it wasn't just that teenage white kid and stuff. Maybe the ones we saw growing up probably were, but um, yeah, that's, that's true. Actually, there was quite a bit of them. There was the girl at the sleepover. There was the guy getting locked out of his car. Um, Yeah. I was trying to think of, there was another one that I can't remember. The one where they're moving. And for some reason, the movers packed up the food in their pantry. I didn't quite get that. How did she know that the corn pops were in that one box? I had the same question. Because he went to go toss it and she's just like, that's the one. Yeah. Also, I feel like those movers should be docked a little bit because they're casually chucking around the boxes that they've just packed. But yeah. But, but they yeah, were she- also really funny. Uh, I'm looking for a box and he's just like, well, that's really helpful. Yeah, that's really helpful. <laughs> like she must have known this was going to happen. That's the thing is these children are very unprepared. For all scenarios, but that was probably me as a child, extremely unprepared. Until you absolutely wanted something and got that into your head, and you just you gotta have it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you also weren't standing over your parents while they were sleeping, going, "If I don't get that cereal right, goddamn now, I'm just gonna start swinging." Which is what all of these people, though the sleepover one. Isn't it the following morning? The sleepover's already yeah. done. But she's just ready to bail completely. Like, I'm not going to stay in a place that doesn't have corn pops. Yes. Yeah, let's save the point exactly of staying there. Yeah. yeah. No one left alive. No one left alive. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen uh, an all-out brawl over, like, the last bowl of corn pops. That would have been... Like, that would have happened in my house for Count Chocula. <laughs> oh, see, that's a much There's more There's only one bowl <laughs> There can only be one! Yeah, it would have been more interesting to see, like I said, them have to do something for the corn pops versus every solution just being like, oh, hey, there's more corn pops. There's no corn pops in this house. Like, hey, I happen to just buy these corn pop cereals. Like, oh, well, okay, then you all get to live. Go to home. I mean, it's well, 30 so second ads. <laughs> the, what's, what's interesting now that we're talking about it, so going back to the one that I do remember, the kids who are debating trying to grab the pops don't actually end up with corn pops in the end. Because the clerk grabs the corn pops and goes and eats them in the back room. While all the other ones I think we watched, they do end up getting corn pops. Yeah, they always win out in the end, but that's true. And also probably theft. Right? probably paid for them. It works there, maybe. 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 That would be interesting if it was the long con of he doesn't even work at that store. (laughs) You walk around with enough confidence, everyone will believe you. He's got an apron. Do serial commercials still exist in some form? I don't know. So I, I feel like so. We nice I hear about all of my uh, new serials that are coming out from your Facebook, Sean. So yes, which is exactly what I want. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros, by the way. Ooh, I have I already that. devoured both boxes. I mean, wouldn't it just be regular Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros or just cinnamon and They're, sugar? They got thickness to them. There's a heft. I see. That makes them, they got a crunch. Well, I guess they all, they're thicker. That's my review. Okay. (laughs) They're thicker. They're thicker. But I feel like 90s, we, in addition to Gotta Have My Pops, we had They're Great and Follow Your Nose. And Mm. uh, I had a fourth one. Snap, crackle, pop. Snap, crackle, pop. Oh, it's really bugging me. I can't get the, the, they're magically delicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I think they do still have them. We were somewhere uh, where they had real TV, and I saw an ad, but I can't remember. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids. Although that Sorry. cereal is garbage. I, I definitely if- ate tricks a lot. I, I ate them, and I was like, these are subpar Fruit Loops. They took them away from Canada, and now they're back, and they're a proper fruit-shaped again, and which is apparently exciting because they were just colored balls for a bit, and it was exciting yeah. enough that they put it on the box. Like, we made them look like fruit again, you fucking idiots. Buy another box, and I did. It's like when um, Lucky Charms comes out with new marshmallows. Like, it's the same marshmallow. Yeah. It's just different shape. But it works every time. Mm. Like, hey, we added a, I don't know. A rainbow. Yeah, we added a rainbow and a unicorn horn. Although it's pretty impressive if you see, like, the machines that have to make those. I don't think I ever have. Oh, it's neat. It's, like, different kinds of meringue extruded into shapes. It's, like, you can't do... I've watched a YouTube series where she tries to make them herself, and I'm like, it's and it's an intense process. Hmm. Intense. I see Thanks. that Cinnamon Toast churros are still available in case anyone, you know, wants to go out right now and get them. Yes, which I definitely recommend you do. Didn't the Shreddies have, like, funny ads where it was, like... Because it was uh, the little guys. It was a personified Shreddy. He was a little yeah. person. That had. definitely that? sounds right. Or, sorry, but Mini Wheats did that, too. Mm. Oh, because they were yes, trying to... Yes, and he had the frosted side and the unfrosted side. Yeah. Oh, my God. 90 cereals commercials could be an entire... I had a lot of... I mean, it's, yes. It's funny. Honeycomb had them, like, crazy... Yeah person honeycomb things i don't know i can't remember but but i remember them being impactful i can't like i still quote they're great like saying it the way tony the tiger does all the time you just said it without yeah i was gonna say your hypothesis just failed (laughs) but it's it is like it's definitely something that sticks with you like and i imagine that's true with a lot of commercials but yeah, lots of lots of kids cereal commercials. Well, our kids they're won't not have good that. for you, by the way. They're our kids won't have that like they're great stuck into their unless we like stick it there. But they won't have the the commercials being just beamed into their brain because they have on demand TV. Yeah, sad for them. That is sad for them, and also sad for us because I should probably wind this segment down. No, oh. so. Uh, thank you both for coming here to to talk about Corn Pops commercials with me. Um, thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, that's yeah. Thanks for having us, man. This is awesome. Of course. All right, onwards and outwards and inwards and upwards. Out, up. No, thank you for the inwards. Yeah, d- <laughs> uh, no. Drop one on. It's time to jam. Hello and welcome to what I imagine has to be the final segment of episode 100 you did it you you you're you've made it through the gauntlet that is episode 100 both listeners and myself uh as the perpetrator of all of this joining me to cross the finish line is telly moratelli which i don't think i use that name in my thank yous so eh, it'll be fine it's uh, cool we are here to talk about 1990s, we just missed the 30th anniversary. It aired on April 21st, 1990. Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, which I assume you remember. We went to grade school together, and I think they showed us this almost every year. It was one of the only things that actually scared me uh, (laughs) when I watched it. I found it, it just made my skin crawl, and I think that was their intention, but... 
now even as an adult i made it today i watched it again while shaving and i made it to like 15 minute mark and was just so horrified i had to turn it off again but anyway yeah it's okay so this was financed by uh, mcdonald's uh, mcdonald's is responsible for this or like the, the ronald mcdonald house and this was a big deal this aired on all of the major networks uh, yeah. there was an introduction from the president which would have been george w bush at the time or hw i don't remember how we differentiate oh. the bushes uh he was w okay and Wait, then no, he was hw i think he was hw and then and we got w or not yeah we, well, they got oof. <laughs> uh, and his wife barbara because they uh, they were a big anti like weren't they the reason all of the say no to drugs things were in front of like arcade games and stuff back in the day yeah uh, i think between uh, Reagan, oh yeah, because she was uh, vice president under Reagan, so yep, 100%, yeah. you're right. So they decided um, the best way to get kids to realize about drugs and why they are bad was to have all of our favorite cartoon characters come together to tell us to, to, not, to not do drugs. So we get, what, Winnie the Pooh, who... Who, can I just say either needs drugs or has a closet <laughs> drug problem because he's a bear and you know, they're territorial and quite defensive and he's sleeping in bed with this girl and he lets her brother or stepbrother, or whatever he is, sneak in and get that piggy bank. And then, he, then he's holding, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, bother. Uh, yeah. I, well, yeah. Like his job as a bear is, is failed, but we'll the, have to look into that later. The, the plot is and is kind of strange. So we have, the the main dude is Corey. Um, oh no no, Corey's the sister. That's just confusing. Michael is the brother, and Michael steals Corey's piggy bank. And so originally, all the cartoon characters originate from Corey's room and go to see like, oh, what's what, what's Michael up to? And they find out that he has stolen the piggy bank. He counts out what I what looks to be seventeen quarters and goes like, oh yeah. I'm going to be able to, I don't know what weed cost in 1990. I would imagine more than $3 and 25 cents. Maybe. I have read that for the last long time, it has remained at a fairly price going by 1990. Previous to that, my data was very, uh, very unclear, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get much. Not enough to be that and, excited. Yeah. Even with inflation, I think he, he couldn't have bought much to do anything with. No. Um, uh, yeah. So and all, yeah. All the cartoon characters then discover, oh, not only is he stealing the money, he has weed. And so they all, well, actually, it's worth noting, do you remember which character it is that identifies that it's marijuana? Uh, as far as I know, was it not Alf? No, it was Simon from the Chipmunks. Because oh, he's like a science geek, right? Yeah, but I, I looked it up because I thought, well, the chipmunks are supposed to be pretty young. According to the internet, they are eight. I don't know how chipmunk years work necessarily, but eight seems real young even to be the smart chipmunk to go like, oh my God, you guys, marijuana. I can't do a chipmunk voice. And I think um, he even I'm knows... I'm not going to try, but... Yeah, I think he even knows several words for it, doesn't he? Or maybe not. Like marijuana, um, they, ganja. They throw terms around, and um, I, I just laugh every time Alf enters with his untucked Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and like party atmosphere. And <laughs> it, he's like the danger field of the uh, cartoon world. And I mean, 
I don't know, Garfield, the sunglass wearing, the constant eating. It's worth noting neither of them contribute much to helping Michael, so I feel like they might be at the sidelines going like, you guys are a bunch of fucking narcs. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, just here, it's cool. Probably had a trailer that they shared or something, but... uh, Alf yeah, I got the big party goes. vibes. What from, a strange! Uh, I I also had no idea that there was weed here. Oh my gosh! Um, Michael, yeah, how I'll could like, how yeah. could you? So I mean, we're at the point with the cannabis now. I found one part started um when the kids just be and it's black and white and scary, and then he accuses them of smoking cigarettes, and they're like, "No, nah, dude." And then they proceed to break down the full idea of what cannabis is and here's what you do. You know, you smoke it. That was like a lesson more than it was. A <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like, hey, kids, this is a joint there. You put it in your mouth. and you. If you're going to do it, you I might would, as well yeah. do it right, children. So let's go. Just let's just go through this. Yeah. Pick a secluded location behind the school. <laughs> but uh, that way the teachers will never know. But don't. But also, um, yeah, and then, well, I'll let you do the segue because I'm, I could be jumping way ahead here. Well, my first question was, because all, we find out all of these characters are on a poster in Corey's room. Is everyone who has, like anyone who has that poster, are they privileged to the same treatment that if something goes wrong in their house, all of the cartoon characters will come and help? Is it just this one family? Because they are all the way in. Yeah, they got the Smurfs, which here's the, a sign you're on drugs when the Smurfs are in your house. The Smurfs are there. We covered Alf, Garfield, uh, the Chipmunks, the Muppet Babies, Winnie the Pooh, Slimer. Uh, it does kind of seem like the main people didn't want to send their best because the Ghostbusters don't waste their time with this. They just send Slimer. The Ninja Turtles just send Michelangelo. They're like, whatever, you you probably know about weed. Well, honestly, he was such a party animal. I was like, of all the ones, because, yeah. Now, yeah. why did, did your audio blank out during the Michelangelo scene? It did. Um, what so are I they trying to hide? Uh, yeah, I didn't get to hear his wisdom. So maybe it really was like, hey, dude, heard you're smoking the weed. That's amateur hour nonsense. Here's where it's I'm, really at. Yeah, Call exactly. Like, <laughs> I like to sprinkle mine on a pizza. Well, they they had to stay pretty amped up all the time considering their, their day-to-day uh, activities as Ninja Turtles, right? So, oh, yeah. I feel like they sent their the representatives they knew would be able to speak to this accurately. But the thing that's always struck me as weird is most of the lessons are imparted by the by, the youngest members of this group. Mm-hmm. At first, it's Simon who identifies the weed. Then the Muppet Babies are the ones who take him on this roller coaster to show him the path that they're on. While like literal babies, they are supposed to be nursery school babies. And the fiction of that show are like, "Oh, Michael, you're heading down a real fucked up path right now." <laughs> it was equally as frightening to watch as the Willie. The Wonka River train, you know, acid trip part there. Uh, oh, the uh, the tunnel. The tunnel, yeah. Weird images and whatnot. But like Miss Piggy goes from being all like forcing herself on Kermit, which they could never get away with nowadays. No, especially because um, again, babies. 
Well, it, it, that yeah, her pupils suddenly <laughs> dilate like the Jurassic Park T Rex, and uh, she kind of looked like she was all geeked on speed, um, which would have been appropriate because she was on this psychotic roller coaster anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's the image I got from it. But uh, <laughs> it it was it made me a little bit squirmy to watch. Yeah. They also always show his future is just a, a decrepit corpse, like a living skeleton man. I think, do they say that marijuana, do they go the path of like, oh, it's a gateway drug and it's going to lead to this and this? Or are they oh, actually yes. pitch? Okay. It's like they can't he be pitching the idea the that school. this is what weed will do. Look at you. Well, honestly, they focused so much on weed at the beginning and he had like two hits off of J-Doobie or whatever the kids call it. And um, next thing you know, was someone just him like a bare hand like white substance but it wasn't powder it was like crack i guess i don't I, know they didn't even say it i yeah they don't name it but it is weird to see what yeah it was either supposed to be crack yeah it, it wasn't a powder i thought it was cocaine but it is strange to cut from that to well, here's winnie the pooh getting into some hijinks to think that cocaine and crack exist in the same universe is a lot to well, deal with and here's here's an idea. Instead of the kid in the uh, you know anti drug thing saying, "Oh heck yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to eat it or smoke it or whatever." Thanks, bud. Um, in spite of the fact the cops were still coming, you know. Instead, why didn't he just say, "Nah, I'll just experiment with this plant matter here. Nah, I don't like it either." Flick. The thing would be two minutes, and they would have got their point across. But uh, yeah. I think there's more going on here. I think they had some like ex German scientists work on this uh, mind freaks type stuff, but uh, -ah. <laughs> I hate to get ahead of myself. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the fact that the villain is a cloud of smoke voiced by football in the groins, George C. Scott, who <laughs> I guess they couldn't have the boy be the full out, bad res like responsible for his own bad decisions we had to show he's being manipulated by this evil cloud of smoke that looks like the bad guy from hercules um always George behind him going like come on Gosh. you know you didn't, want to didn't he play like Patton and like the yeah. captain of the titanic uh he was definitely Patton. well so. i might have ate up the titanic part but I'm, I'm, ass I'm assuming the president called him directly to say, you know, I'm about to, get, I know you were, this, this is way more important than your patent mission. We're going to teach the kids to stay off drugs. It's like, oh, we are like me and you. It's like me, you, Slimer, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. It's like, oh, oh, what? Okay. Yeah, by 1990, he was still, I mean, he made The Exorcist 3 the same year. That's something. But yeah, I can Ooh. see looking at this, his output that maybe he was... I, I, I wonder if he work. did it just for the money. If he just did Exorcist three, or the drugs, or yeah, he could have been um, totally on like an old-fashioned drug user. You know, I don't remember them talking about H or anything, but I only made it to seventeen minutes this morning uh, <laughs> in my rewatching because I just I completely freaked out. It made me. I just don't ever want my kids to see it. Yeah. I don't ever want to, you know, get into the, anything that Michael gets into either, but some happy medium. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I should start winding us down here because, you know, defeating the whole purpose of the, of the episode I, if we go much longer. But I figured that this could go for like, <laughs> I could do 99 minutes on just <laughs> ALF. So 
yeah, it was hard to keep it brief, but they, you know, they really wanted to get it out there. I remember you could rent it for free. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm looking at the VHS cover and it does say rent it here free. So that memory lines up. I did. I definitely remember that. I think it was just cause I liked these characters and I liked seeing them. I don't Hell think. Hell yeah. And it was all of them and it yeah. went on for like an hour, but. Oh yeah. This it was, was... kind of like watching wizard of Oz and. Yeah. Cartoon like, All-Stars to the Rescue was our Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Ex- except for the unfortunate part where Avengers Endgame didn't spend the entire time going like, oh, Tony, is that crack? You know that crack is whack, Ooh. right, Tony? Now, I'll just mention one semi-weirdo political thing. It's strange that that same era of White House was maybe, maybe not involved in uh, the importation uh, of illicit drugs into the country. Uh, I don't know if anyone here has seen the film American Made. I Uh, did, but I don't remember much about it other than I like Tom Cruise and he flies a plane. Well, yeah. So the deeper back gets a little murky and they talk about how potentially their own government was involved in, like that's why he was able to operate and so forth. And won't get into that though. This is a cartoon we're talking about. I'm also seeing that wherever it aired, they had their respective leader speak to it. So when it aired in Canada, the, the prime minister introduced it. Um, I when when have they ever done anything like that since? Right. Um, well, I mean, now it, the one thing these characters are railing against is completely legal. So the special would be over in two <laughs> minutes as soon as Kermit's like, oh, "I don't know about this." Like, fuck off! This isn't against the law. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, don't even. Um, how about when Dad's like, "Hmm, a couple of my perfectly non-drudgers are missing." Oh, honey, you probably forgot because you drank too many beer last <laughs> night. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yep. Call me when lunch is ready. That, ch- that checks out. Like, hopefully somebody teaches him about it. <laughs> well, he took no interest in it. The wife couldn't put that fire out fast enough. It, it wasn't him, you know. He, he's like a. Uh, Anyway, there's a lot in that house than we know about. Uh, I guess if you didn't see the ending, I can confirm. He get, they get him off drugs. Uh, Daffy Duck shows him his future, and he looks like the corpse zombie that I talked about. And uh, <laughs> also, also at the end, his sister's like, oh, well, if that's the, that looked pretty cool. So then Michael's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm such a bad influence. And then the <gasps> they throw the smoke man into a into a garbage truck or he falls. I don't know. I think Bugs Bunny does something and then every, everybody lives happily ever after. I think no matter what a person is addicted to that Bugs Bunny could annoy you long enough with his (laughs) reverse banter until you were like, okay, okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'll stop smoking weed. (laughs) Dumping his Ativan down the toilet. Just please Ah, go away. Um, I'd give him my car if he, if he would have <laughs> left. Like, I don't know. I loved him growing up but as whenever he just shows up and start just, just browbeating people like, okay, I'm going to day up. What do you think? Carrot. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was an interesting trip down memory lane, but to see them all mixed together in this odd psychedelic soup was a little bit much. Yeah. Start it was for cool morning the, watching. It was cool at the time, but obviously, yeah, as an adult, who can make their own goddamn decisions now. There's not well, yeah. a lot here. Like the characters usually aren't aside from Garfield at the beginning, like, oh, I like lasagna. There's not a lot of jokes. The characters aren't doing that much to be funny. 
Yeah. Which I guess would undermine their serious message. So in terms of anti-drug PSAs that aired on April 21st, 1990, it's probably one of the best. I'm going to point out that in certain, uh, you know, in in, uh, the drug culture, quote unquote, um, I've read that the number 420 um, is some sort of a fine, uh, some sort of a secret handshake of sorts amongst their culture. And um, interesting, 421 is when it aired, eh? I wonder if oh, yeah. it was originally supposed to air on 420 and some, some guy in the back, like the camera or the, the boom mic guy was like, ah, ah. Uh, yeah. Mr. President, can I, can I have a word? <laughs> God, I wonder how many people blazed up and watched this on April 21st, 1990. Um, apparently in the United States of America, marijuana peaked its usage in 1986, but I'm not sure where it was in 1990. Could have plateaued in 1986. We don't yeah, know that. There might not even have been that much of a problem. Um, All right. Yeah. I got to wind us down here, wrap us up. Uh Thank you to Telly Moratelli. Again, I don't think I'm about to say that name in a pre-recorded thank you conclusion I made, but... Which is, which is fantastic. I'd like to keep, keep everybody... Yes, it'll keep everyone guessing. Uh, so, yes, thank you very much. And I, I, I don't have a ways to end these, so I'm just going to hit stuff. Drop one on. It's time to jam. And that'll do it for episode 100. We made it. I must have finished editing it, and, you know, thank you so much for listening to it. I'm not done editing it yet, but it seems like that was probably at least a sixth of your day spent listening to it, because I assume you marathoned it. I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of devotion I expect around these parts. So thank you very much. A hundred episodes is wild. Uh, We talked a little bit about it in the first segment, but this went from idea to recording very quick. I kind of went into it with not much of a plan. I think even in the beginning, it was like, okay, we have this one episode. Gosh, I hope this works out. So the idea that it's a hundred weeks later, so it's actually kind of a cool time capsule of everything that has happened. We've never, never missed a week. Uh, We've come real close. So thank you to all of the people who have, you know, pulled us out of that, my panic at the zero hour of, oh dear God, what are we going to do for an episode? And obviously, this thing is a massive team effort. Uh, everyone has been so enthusiastic and so great, and it's been so much fun to sit uh, with, I think, up to, including myself, 16 people, I believe, have taken part. I mean, as you've heard in the segments in this episode, there's so many people who have who have taken part in this, and I'm so thankful to everybody. You know, Amanda, Curtis, Drea, Dylan, Jordan, Kim, Kyle, Mel, Melissa, Renee, Rob, Sam, Sam also... And Wads, and of course my wife, who I think has been name dropped at this point, so I can probably drop the charade. But I, you know, I'll I'll keep it going for optics' sake. Thank you so much to all of you. As obviously this show does not happen without each and every one of you. So it's been so so much fun to have you on board. Looking forward to having you on board for the next 100. Uh, thank you to Tev Sound for the amazing theme song that we've had. I think since pretty early, since episode three, um, it was. So cool when that came in, and great that we've, you know, we have that the legitimacy of this awesome theme song. Uh, thank you, of course, to everyone who has listened, everyone who has uh, emailed us and watches us on social media, suggested episodes. Thank you to the Ottawa Podcast Festival for letting us do a live episode, which is still kind of insane to think that we got to do that. 
And yes, just thank you to everyone who has ever crossed paths with this podcast. It's been something. I say that, that, that that's a positive thing. I don't know. Did that sound positive? It's a positive thing. So here is, let's raise our glass. This is a mug with old coffee in it. Raise our glass to, to 100 episodes. And here's to 100 more or 50 or at least 101 because one's done. So this would be a cool time to bust out our catchphrase, but we don't have one. So instead, uh, here's that theme music I was talking about. <laughs>